0: Hey everyone, Mike here, just letting you know that this is going to be a very special two-part episode covering Comic-Con and conventions in general. In the first episode, we're going to go over our personal convention experiences and cover everything on the schedule going through Thursday and Friday. Next week, we'll be back, and we will be covering Saturday and Sunday, hitting all the important announcements, and we have a very special follow-up segment where we touch base on some topics we talked about in the earlier episodes. We're covering Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, Ant-Man, and various other topics that we touched upon throughout the series, so be sure to stick around for that next week. In the meantime, welcome to Comic-Con.
1: Welcome back, normies. We're talking conventions today, so put on your lanyards, grab your badge, please put on some deodorant, and remember, cosplay is not consent, and welcome to the first annual normie con. greetings true believers welcome to comic con where once a year sci-fi buffs have a day adjusting their eyes to sunlight
2: this comic strip is lame and derivative your mother's a tracer
1: uh, the arena they call pole age excelsior Hey guys, welcome to NormieCon. We're going to be doing something a little different today. We're going to be going just beat by beat on kind of our experiences with conventions in general over the years and talking a little bit about Comic-Con predictions for 2018. But that's with me, Colin. Joe. And Mike. Hey, welcome back, guys. How are you? Doing well, Colin. How are you? Very good. Very good. Excited to be talking this big pop culture weekend coming up. I mean, this is... Kind of the nerd mecca, right? It's something that's becoming a little more normy, but uh, definitely what we're going to be talking about today will be the normiest of all the norms of Comic-Con.
0: Yeah, it's definitely normy mecca now, it seems like. Uh, I've never been there because I'm not a fucking normie, but um, we're coming out of like the big convention season. E3 has just happened. Anime Expo is wrapping up here in Los Angeles, it's now Comic-Con, and everything... From E3, all these things have grown exponentially since when they were founded. So the whole culture and the whole landscape of nerd stuff has just been blowing up. And you see that with how popular the conventions are. Yeah, and
1: we're pretty lucky that we're out here in California, that we get to experience a lot of these. We'll be again talking about some of our personal experiences with what you said, like Anime Expo, E3, Comic-Con, WonderCon as well up in Anaheim.
2: Yeah, I mean, like we say, it's hip to be square now. It has never been a better time to be a fan
0: yeah of any of you know video games comics anime marvel dc any of it like it's never been better to be a fan there's cons all around the country not even just comic-con or wonder con i mean you have portland portland retro gaming expo and midwest gaming classic there's a lot of smaller cons that aren't even that small anymore actually
2: oh yeah emerald city uh comic-con in seattle is huge now
0: yeah so it's pretty crazy i want to ask you guys and as colin alluded to earlier you know what's your experience with conventions because we are lucky enough to live here in southern california and, all the big ones are here, right?
1: Yes, and we're, you know, it's a pretty special thing. Like you said, there's a lot of diversity. If you're talking, you know, just the different things, there's things like DragCon, which is for drag queens as well. Uh, RuPaul runs that, and FurryCon, things like that. I mean, yep. truly, there is a convention for everybody out there. So, again, to say that it's normie is not an understatement.
2: Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, there's even uh, VidCon for YouTube and online content like that. And the less successful Tanacon this year. Ooh, oh, interesting. yeah,
0: Tanacon—it's the new Firefest. Um, <laughs>
2: yeah, it really is, man. That was so funny in like a really sad kind of way to see how that went yeah, down. Unfortunately,
0: yeah, we're definitely like in the you know the fertile valley of conventions in Southern California. Like we said, VidCon, Anime Expo, Comic Con, E3—it's all here. Not to mention a lot of the smaller ones as well that are pretty big. Did you guys st- go to conventions before you moved to California, or was that a scene out, you know, in the Midwest and stuff, or not? Because I didn't start going until I came here.
2: No, my first cons were all out here, too. Um, I think that's also just, like, having money and time, which is something I didn't yeah. have when oh, I was younger. Oh, cons are expensive. Wait,
0: you pay to get in?
2: Sometimes. Um, I've been to VidCon uh, years and years ago. My sisters were huge into YouTube. Uh, so we went in like 2012, I think. And that was like my first con experience, which really wasn't all that interested in anything there.
1: Oh, but come on. Now, you did get one great story out of it. Rebecca Black.
2: Uh, that's true. <laughs> <I> <laughs> An saw, incredible
1: Rebecca Black performance.
2: Yeah. It was like the the Saturday day concert that they put on. Why didn't they have it on Friday? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it missed opportunity. All right. Uh, but it was like really sad and really funny at the same time because she came out Played some, like, teeny bopper hits that were not Friday. And then she was like, okay, but, like, I know why you're all here. Okay, I <laughs> yeah. know what you want. Yeah. Uh, she came out with an acoustic guitar. Oh, God. And played, like, a slowed-down Kumbaya version of Friday. It was so bizarre.
0: This is lean into the cringe. It's like the same thing happens when... I go see Taking Back Sunday, and they want me to hear their new album, and then they're like, <laughs> "No, no, 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 no. Thanks for sitting through the new the new album. Now I'll play what you came <laughs> yeah, for. Yeah, Here's you know. what you loved in eighth grade. But this is like what 2015 or something, or
2: this, uh, this is like 2012. No, so this is peak yeah. Rebecca Black. Like this is it. It was so. the year that it had come out. Okay, I'm pretty okay. Sure. It was like 2011 or
1: 2012. Yeah. Other big YouTube stuff. I'm trying to think. The Paul Brothers kind of weren't not, back not then. A thing. No, the yeah, other things so. we saw. Um, I think the Green I was brothers? most
2: excited about uh, the the Green Brothers were the reason we were there. Okay. They put My it sisters on. Love the Green Brothers. Yeah, um, which listeners?
0: That's Hank Green and what's his brother John. I believe John, Hank, and John Green yeah. Vlog Brothers. Yeah, not Celebrated very familiar authors. with
2: their uh, their content, to be honest. It's a
0: little like uh, Philip DeFranco, like News of the Week, oh, but they okay. also will give you a,
2: beautiful bastards.
0: Yeah, but it's a little more lighthearted and. Um, Less edge. It's just more wholesome. you know. Just trying mm. to, it, It's very empowering.
2: That makes sense. I mean, my sisters were young at yeah. the time.
0: I think they're good role models for young people. I think uh, they do good stuff. So. Um,
2: and the community was like really excited to be there. We saw the uh, acapella, the news. What are they? The auto-tune, the news. Auto-tune,
1: the news. That
2: was so fun. Like Their panel they put on was in a small room, and like they taught us all of the uh, different parts for their intro song, which was cool. And like they, they conducted it like we were in choir. Um, That's cool. I got a picture with Felicia Day, which was a, a, a good nerd moment at yeah. the, the VidCon. She's, oh, probably
1: the queen of conventions, I'd say.
2: Oh yeah. And uh, you know, she was there for the guild, obviously, which was a big YouTube show at the time. Um I was a fan from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um sing along blog, all the supernatural that Josh stuff. Yeah, supernatural later on too. That's pretty cool. Colin, what
0: was your first con experience then?
1: You know, and you were talking the Midwest, Uh, growing up in Ohio, my brother uh, was a huge anime fan. They didn't have anything as large as Anime Expo like they put on out here, which is considered like one of the largest conventions in the country, actually. Uh, And instead, you know, they had a lot smaller things like he would drive up to Columbus a lot and kind of... Hang out in a hotel room, you know, or a hotel ballroom with a bunch of guys all dressed up as full Metal Alchemist characters. And, you know, yep. everybody would kind of clap along. And I think that was pretty cool. Um, and obviously there were a lot of video game conventions as well. My kind of first experience out here was going to WonderCon up in Anaheim with Joe as well. Uh, I worked E3 out here before uh, a couple of years ago, back when the big thing was uh, Battlefront. Oh, yeah. was the big game coming out. They had the actual simulators there where you could sit down and kind of act like you were
2: in the X-Wing cockpit, which was pretty badass and cool. I remember being nice. so excited that you got your chance to get your hands on that. I was texting you all day. Oh, yeah. And we're talking
1: waiting an hour in line just for that experience. You know, And we'll mention this a little later, but kind of some of the drawbacks of these conventions are you kind of have to target and pick what you want to hit, where you want to go. Whenever we go to WonderCon, we're big CW DC TV shows fans so you me and jacob will kind of make our way to those big panels where they sit down and actually screen parts of the episodes because that's a big deal to us because we want to see exclusive stuff before anybody
2: else does and those panels at WonderCon have gotten so much bigger in the last couple years like i remember one of the first years we went uh it was right after season one of the flash we had just saw the finale and they were teasing us what we were going to see in season two talking a little bit about the big bad flash forward to two years ago uh I was there and they had a panel with Jeff Johns and uh Patty Jenkins. We saw like 15 minutes of Wonder Woman yeah, before it came. Yeah, that's
1: out. really a lot bigger than that stuff. You're absolutely right. Totally grown in scale. So good for WonderCon. And uh, I also remember some of the bigger panels, the Chris Hardwick wrap-ups being right after yeah. that. Probably something we're not going to be getting going forward, guys. Uh, uh, confirmed. With what's going he on is in the world. he
2: is out. It is now going to be uh Community veteran, yeah, uh, Nicole Brown. Brown.
1: Yeah, of course, in a big Walking Dead presence too, because she speaks on Talking Dead all the time. So
2: yeah, kind of an interesting layout there. Which I'm so glad she has become the replacement for Chris Hardwick. Yeah, good for her. I, I that guy's so fucking annoying. Oh, here's a con story with he him. He works hard though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> maybe that's an interesting take. Let us know what you think, readers. We, I think it was, I think it was uh, a WonderCon. It might have been VidCon. Uh, there was a, a TARDIS from Doctor Who wandering the floor.
0: That's not from Bill and Ted.
2: <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> the, the phone booth, right? That's uh, Bill and Ted. And then
0: Doctor Who copied them, right? I think you that's. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Damn BBC ripoff. Stealing from Keanu. Um, but it was so annoying on the floor. Like it was moving and like bumping into shit. I was like, this, this, this guy's <laughs> such a jerk. Uh, door opened. It was Chris Hardwick.
1: Oh. You get that cool convention floor stuff. You see a lot of celebrities throw on odd, weird, dumb masks There's and just weird costumes. Who was it? The guy from Mythbusters?
2: Adam Savage? Well, he does an
0: incredible went. piece every year. Yeah, yeah. and he's always, you, can't, you know, undercover. You can't tell. He always does something really big.
2: Remember when um, Breaking Bad, uh, what's his name?
1: Bryan Cranston wore the Heisenberg mask on stage. Yeah, he just wore stage. the mask. Yep. took yep. it off, photorealistic. Everybody said, wow, that's incredible, man. If only they knew the real actor right underneath. That's pretty great, yeah. Brian Cranston, he seems like a class act. Oh, sure. Art. And yeah. you know, a lot of these uh, celebrities are big fans. They want to walk the floor, too, see the booths, see the artist alleys. I mean, that's a, a huge part of the convention experience as well. It certainly helps when you don't have to wait in line because you're a big star. <laughs> but they,
0: got, they got the uh, celebrity fast pass yeah, access.
1: absolutely. I remember uh, Henry Cavill putting on a Guy Fox mask, getting in line at the Suicide Squad booth cutting everybody going up to will smith pulling it up and saying oh it's me man come on will you please please will you sign my suicide squad mini poster oh wow said no (laughs)
2: it's (laughs) not gonna happen that's funny uh he got in trouble this week uh, yeah unfortunately
1: as well some uh, disparaging remarks against the me too movement uh yeah you know keep your mouth shut is the only thing that i, I would recommend that. going forward guys or maybe it's drumming up publicity for mission impossible i don't know
2: i guess but if you're superman you gotta you gotta act like you're superman <laughs> you gotta man. be on the right of uh, yeah. truth
1: justice
0: Yeah, there's that famous comic panel where it's like, if you see someone not being a patriot and making fun of someone for their race, their religion, anything, Superman's like, "Speak up, because that's wrong." Oh yeah, that's what Superman's about. And
1: Superman was invented in Cleveland. Thank you. Oh, there you go. And then, of course, it famously says, "But don't trust a woman." Oh God. (laughs) Right afterwards. Cabell, yeah. Got to get that. Um, My first
0: con experience is I didn't go to any of this stuff uh, in Ohio, growing up near Cleveland. Growing up, sounds like Minnesota. Minnesota. Growing grew up, there? I, growing up in Cleveland didn't have the anime cons over there. Now I'm Irish, so uh, <laughs> I came to <laughs> LA. Potatoes. Yeah, but I always wanted to go to E3. I had a friend in high school whose dad worked in the game industry making like third party controllers, so he would get to go with his dad, and he would like famously like he left a voicemail on my phone. He's like, "I'm in line, dude." Zelda is on the screen. It's crazy, dude. It's crazy. He was like oh so excited. We're in high school. I'm like, he's at E3. You know, <laughs> this is bullshit. Yeah. So I finally came out here, and um, first thing I went to was Anime Expo because I had a lot of friends who were into the anime scene. They just trade badges, go in, see the spectacle, and then E3. You know, it became kind of industry only. So we found a guy who would say we worked for his company and throw him some money, and we would get in.
1: Ooh,
2: interesting. Yeah. E3 is something I would love to just get into. It's the one major convention that I have not been able to get access to.
0: Yeah, you can do it. I'll tell you offcast how. But, <laughs> okay. it's but also, you know,
2: maybe next year, Normie's like us at uh E3. Yeah, either, I mean, right? make That's it cool. happen,
0: yeah. viewers. Tell your friends to listen. You're not a viewer, you're a listener. That's anyway right, I
1: called them readers earlier. <laughs> yeah.
0: Whatever however you're ingesting this, maybe you're plugging it into the transcripting machine. Yeah. <laughs> um, my here's my take on cons in general though, because I have not been a Comic Con, but I don't engage in any of the, the shit. Like, I don't wait in line for panels. I don't play game demos, even when I go okay. to E3. Well, I,
1: hold on. Let me ask you this real quick. Sorry to interrupt you. Do you cosplay? Either of you guys. Let me hit you with that.
0: I do not, just because I don't approve. I not approve. Like, I feel personally, this is not for anyone else, that I just don't want to have an outfit that I wear once, you know. Oh, that's interesting. That's that's just, it's just not practical yeah. for me, especially it's if I want to do a that's different That's not Halloween one. for you? No, and like you, sometimes it's gonna be expensive too. Yeah. So unless oh, I'm gonna do definitely. that every year, it, you know I'm just not that passionate. But I, you know, everyone that is, big props to them because they do some excellent work. That's all.
2: Joe, uh, casual cosplay yes. is, is my favorite like. move. I'll get, um, you know, like one day I'll wear my my Spider-Man T-shirt. I have a Daily Bugle press badge that I made a couple years ago. I'll throw that on little stuff like that. Mm. Um, that's great. You okay. know, that way when I take pictures with other cosplayers who are actually doing heavy work it's like oh look i'm spider-man and i'm with like a doc ock who has a 500 hundred dollar fucking suit he built or you know
1: yeah but characters like that like you're saying like a bruce wayne or a clark kent where you can literally just wear the normal outfit do the little bit of the pull away have the nice emblem underneath i think that's a great you know way to participate without going all
2: out exactly and i do that every day um, you know, most cons are three <laughs> yeah. days.
1: You might do it too but, much. Um, yeah. yeah that's oh, because, I'm sorry. I thought you meant every head. day of your life.
2: Well, <laughs> you mean every day that's of the true. con that, that is basically just my fashion sense. Is, well, you is, are Peter Parker. Yeah. Wow. I see the Spider Man shirts. Quite yeah, I see it right. peeking
1: out from underneath the shirt you're wearing right now.
2: <laughs> yeah. My logic
0: it, for not engaging in that stuff, like you guys said, you'd like to get in and see the previews before anyone yes. else can see them. That seems like a big thing. But for me, like looking at E3 as my prime example, I'm not going to wait in line three hours to play a demo. Because it's going to come out on the PlayStation Network a week later, and the videos are going to be on YouTube five minutes later.
2: Yeah, that's a hard. Ugh. Yeah. Um, last year, I was lucky enough to go to San Diego Comic Con, the nerd mecca, the 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 big one. Yeah, the Bible baby. Um, you you can't do anything. <laughs> like like not to be disparaging, but like my experience was not exactly what I had hoped for. Um, because any anything you want to do from getting into one of these major panels. Uh, to getting a signing, uh, to doing one of the like walk-on experiences with The Walking Dead or Game of Thrones, where they have these kind of like escape room esque stuff. Mm. If you're going to do any of that, that's your day. That is the one thing you are doing. Yeah. And for like Hall H presentations, you have people 3 a.m. They're getting in line. To
1: me, that's not what's commitment. You got to give them that. It It is. is.
2: Anime Expo
0: is the same way. I had some friends come in from out of town, and there was people like camped out, yeah, like three, four a.m. the previous day to just get a you know sneak peek on some JoJo's or something. Oh man!
2: And especially like the the exclusives, con exclusives. Like the market for those, you'll find them on eBay the next week. Um, but, But like the Funko stand at Comic Con 2017. It looked like a fucking war zone by Saturday. And fans,
1: you know what these are. These Funko Pops obviously have become one of the number one go-to gets at any convention. We're talking exclusives at Comic-Con, WonderCon, E3, anywhere. Uh, And because they have so many licenses, they can afford to get away with
2: that. People love them. They want them bad. They are, I mean, not since Beanie Babies have we seen a craze this big.
0: That's a very good way to look at them. They're the, they're the Lego of things you put on your desk. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of franchises they're allowed to play with and like yeah. have a hand in, it's like Telltale Games. Gee almost. whiz,
2: how am yeah. I going to show my interests at work? Uh, I know,
1: I'll get a Funko Pop. That's how true nerds do it, right? Uh, yeah. But I do love Funko Pops. Some of them are very cute. Um, well, if we can go back uh, to what you were saying about engagement, here's something yeah. I'd kind of like to bring up about conventions. One of the hard things, about engaging on the floor uh, beyond the actual population itself, which is, of course, gigantic. Guys, Mm -hmm. you you can barely move sometimes. The way it's gotten now, Joe, you've told me with Comic-Con, security moves you along. Oh, yeah. You are not allowed to stand. Yeah, keep it moving. Keep it moving, folks.
2: Yeah, I mean, it really feels sometimes like you're... uh You know, in a a sea of lemmings, like just like keep moving, don't stop. So to
1: do an engagement, if I see, you know, somebody just did the most badass David Bowie labyrinth cosplay I've ever seen. He's Jarrett the Goblin King. I want to tap him on the shoulder. Yeah, as a fan, sometimes it can be a little hard for me. They say, you know, what's your hashtag? Where you going to put this up at? You know, let's keep moving. You don't want to block anybody. There's it. It can keep. It can be draining. I don't know. It can. I don't know. It can scare you too.
2: It's a, definitely an intimidating experience. And like at Comic-Con, you would see, um, and you would see it at WonderCon too, like people post it up in certain areas where cosplayers would just like, you know, almost like panhandlers be like, okay, this is where I'm standing for they the got day. They to take it over. Everyone look, they want to wanna shoot their vines. People are shooting little
1: scenes of when characters interact with each other. If you go up to an artist, you know, and you want to talk to them about their covers, They'll be talking to you about if you take a picture, where you're going to be posting it. What's your social media handle? There's so much of this element is beyond corporate is becoming such a larger interaction on the internet too, outside of the convention. It's God, it's just fucking stressful. Black Mirror, where's your clout? Yeah, exactly.
2: And it's, I mean, it's worth noting that a lot of the experiences that people have at these major cons now are professional. I mean, they are networking opportunities they're there to work you're 100 right like artists are there to to make sales i mean they want to get engagement with fans directly sure that's great but also you know i mean they want to make money they want to get their art out there especially for some of the smaller artists you meet at artist alleyway like you can have a lot of great conversations but a lot of them like really just are looking to get people invested in them i mean they want to break out into bigger jobs
1: who are you what do you know can you look at my portfolio
0: yeah. Right. I mean, there's a reason you're going to spend like however much it costs to rent that space. I mean, there's, you know, I've done cine uh, Cinegear Expo personally, to, you know, we made film gear and stuff, you know, you have to rent the booth, that's not cheap. And then you're spending all day trying to get people interested in your stuff. And most people are just kicking tires and you got to learn to filter <laughs> yeah. who's kicking the tires and who is actually going to be a value to, to converse with. And everybody's just trying to figure that out as well.
2: Yeah. Cause I mean, you, you got to look at it, like from a business perspective, you want to make it worth the cost of the booth.
0: And if you're just wasting your breath on somebody you know isn't really going to help you or doesn't advance, you know, what your goal is, but you have to do it to be like cordial, it's like you really have to learn to like, all right, buddy. Well, thanks for stopping by. You know, enjoy the con. Yeah, you have no. to end it and get out of it. You
1: Meanwhile, red cameras in a booth next to you, four times larger than yours, handing out T-shirts and posters.
0: Yeah, the Funko Pop's gotten exclusive and now everybody's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it's true. Tough.
1: And that's the thing. I mean, there are floor announcements that change things. This person was spotted over here. This announcement. Oh, the makeup people just finished their live Thanos character, yeah. you know, at, at Revlon Come and they're the going sketch. to... Exactly, it's going to walk around. Uh, you, You have to... Figure out your schedule, know what you want to hit, and know what you want to get out of these things.
0: Do they sell fast passes for cons? They would make so much <laughs> Line money. Line jumpers?
2: Yeah. TanaCon did. Oh. <laughs> that was one of the the big, it turned out to be the, the, the trick of it all, or the scam of it all, is the that they sold the uh, VIP passes that were $70. Wow. Turns out they sold, like, 500 of those, so it didn't even matter that you bought it. I mean, that was literally, like, the scam of it was selling VIP passes. Right. And then tricking people.
1: Well, how about experience-wise for you guys? Have you ever paid like 500 bucks to shake Ben Affleck's hand for five seconds and take a picture Uh, (laughs) or anything like that? I want- Xenia, Warrior Princess in the corner. I did spend
0: $50 to take a photo with Shawn Michaels. Okay. He's my favorite professional wrestler. The
1: Heartbreak Kid. Wow. Very cool, dude. I didn't know that.
0: I I love Shawn Michaels. I'm a really big pro wrestling fan. I watch New Japan, WWE. I love wrestling. So, Shawn Michaels is always my favorite growing up. Paid 50 bucks at Frank and Sons out here in LA. He was making an appearance. Got to shake his hand, hit the signature pose that no him, way. Triple H would do. He uh, said
1: sexy boy into his ear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he said, I'm not your boy, I
0: whispered toy. it, yeah. <laughs> did you tell him to suck you? <laughs> yeah, we didn't do this. We did the uh, the classic. I, I can find the photo. Maybe we can tweet it out. Oh, yeah. please. please.
2: He's all about Jesus now, though, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah uh, And well, Also, the, did he have a
0: cowboy hat no. on? <laughs> uh, he had one with him. He wasn't wearing it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you tell him to put that cowboy
0: on. He did have it, though. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that, that's the only time I ever paid. Uh, but it's like, I would not. Want to shake, mm. you know, Chris Pratt's hand if I had to pay for it, but like Shawn Michaels, I would. But I guess that's because I like the schlock.
1: Friend of the pod, uh, Jacob thought about Battlestar Galactica uh, from the TV show. A couple people of the cast uh, at WonderCon one year. I've, I've thought about Lou Ferrigno, of course, the classic oh, Incredible yeah. he there himself. Every year at but boy, let me tell you, he is charging more and more
0: each yeah. year, folks. There's a uh, story. This is short about Virgil. Remember Virgil, the Million Dollar Man? Yeah, and his of Virgil. He will like stalk cons, and then like if you take a photo, he'll try to like extort you. <laughs> yeah. Like he has this weird you strong arm. You took one of me behind
2: thing. the, uh, you know, behind the back. You've gotten Virgil. Yeah.
0: yeah. See, so there might be some of this eventually happening because we are reaching critical mass right now. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> of people well, of do that. what
1: is pop culture you know right. you can go there and you can find the guy from Magnum PI who wants to take his give picture give me 10 bucks ex- yeah. yeah exactly
2: uh, Colin WonderCon 2014 or 2015 Tommy Wiseau Tommy Wiseau him? was oh. handed out room
1: t-shirts uh, actually incredibly well priced 10 bucks for a t-shirt and a photo with him and I think you got a copy of the DVD you signed did. too he I mean, gave it all that out. is so, uh, great yeah I would highly recommend if you ever see Tommy Wiseau at a con you can't get give those, him a big hug yeah you can't get those prices post
0: disaster artist right? <laughs> no and <laughs> yeah, that's that's the funny not, thing i mean yeah. this
2: was years before the disaster yeah. artist, and even uh well that's not true i mean i'm sure they were always playing it on adult swim oh yeah but yeah, before yeah. you knew about it yeah i have, okay. always a cold hit
0: definitely i have um i've actually met tommy Wiseau a couple times uh through wow bi- you're cursed through business interactions no it's <laughs> okay uh, i won't go into it but i do have the the distinct pleasure of uh meeting and uh working with tommy Wiseau a bit he's enigmatic oh hi
2: mike (laughs) yeah
0: yeah oh hi mike so that's he's out of the con that's not con related just some name dropping yeah but he's there
1: anybody's there folks uh we mentioned sports you know you can see nfl stars true you can see anybody nfl trading cards i mean it's so niche i've been there where people are selling scripts for old twilight zone episodes
2: oh yeah animation cells are another oh that's a huge one you're right um my brother got uh Three or four cells from the old Ghostbusters cartoon that are hanging in his apartment. Very cool. That's really cool. Give me a Scooby-Doo or something, man. Come on. Scooby-Doo's are pretty hard to come by. Uh, X-Men, the animated series, almost impossible to come by. Um, I saw a lot of Batman Beyond ones that were pretty fucking cool. But no Batman, the animated series. I
0: would want to grab an Akira cell. Ooh. Ooh, That would be good. That would be dope.
2: I've never paid to... uh, Do any of that, you know, like, or shake anyone's hand. Meet and greets, any of that. Nor would I ever, to be honest. I mean, like, I kind of have the opinion that, like, I don't want to, like, come off like I'm worshiping any of these people because, you know, someday I would like to be their peers. Like, I don't want to have that kind of, like, fan element to it. I'll never be in the ring with Shawn Michaels. That's true. (laughs) Prove it, Mike. Prove Um, it. Yeah. I was lucky enough to win tickets to a um, signing for uh, Jim Lee. Um, at last year's WonderCon. But honestly, it was like the third or fourth time that I had run into him because WonderCon is so much smaller that you can actually just meet your artists like that. Um, And then at Comic-Con, I got another one for uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Coppola who are the dynamic duo of Batman comics in the modern age. Oh, Batman and Robin themselves right now. Oh, yeah. So nice. And they were incredible. I mean, like, they took the time to, like, tell stories. I got five books signed by both of them. It was awesome.
1: That's pretty
0: rad. Yeah, it's better when, like, kind of the cons is a little bit smaller because it seems like Comic-Con is way too huge. Um, I was at E3 uh, a couple years ago, and... um, todd McFarlane was doing the halo toys and he was just there signing stuff so i got to shake his hand and he signed my halo poster and i was like whoa what a weird coincidence that he's here because i always liked his spawn toys and stuff like that he
1: said mike in a few years jamie foxx is gonna do this movie and you said no he's (laughs) not Todd
0: McFarlane. what are you (laughs) talking about what do you know yeah yeah also met uh dustin brown la king's former captain hockey player stanley cup champion dustin brown there he was with his kid at nintendo but anyway
1: he was there just walking the floor or he was yeah there they, they got knocked out of the playoffs NHL. that year oh god gotcha. so
0: he had time to go to e3 <laughs> and, like, fuck it otherwise he'd be working
1: at the staples center anyway yeah yeah right next door so. well this brings up a question for me let me ask you guys here these things are expensive yeah so let alone when you're paying for your hotel costs i know you've done some suites like that joe a couple times um and actually going up there parking of course you're getting hit on food you gotta make some smart decisions on that What are you guys spending your money on? Mike, when you go to a con, what are you buying? What are you looking for? What are you hunting down?
0: All right, well, I am certainly not buying food or drinks or, you know, I don't even really buy the souvenirs. Maybe I'll, like, have one thing I want to get, like a box set Blu-ray of a certain anime if I go to AX. For E3, all I want to do is collect all the swag I can so I can throw swag. it away. <laughs> so I can keep it in my closet for six months and then throw it away when I realize I didn't need it.
1: So uh, listeners, when you go to these booths, a lot of people are going to just be handing out just for taking the time to talk to them. T-shirts, other lanyards, programs, pictures, mini posters, buttons, free stickers,
0: comics. Buttons, stickers, comics. There was a, actually a micro um, economy created at E3 like two, three years ago. Basically, the people who work at the booths, you know, they just get hired for the day by the company. And they wanted swag from other companies. So what they would do is they had some really cool stuff. And if you would get swag, you could barter for their secret stuff. We're talking pieces of their display. Like they would have like a oh, boulder with a logo cool. on it. If you got them enough swag, you could acquire at the end of the day. Like, oh my
1: God, we're talking post-apocalyptic Yeah, society. it was like this weird
0: barter system that was established. We were going around <laughs> trying to get Smash Brothers tokens to exchange for Damn. cool steampunk goggles. It was wild, man. Wow. I'll
2: tell you, like if some of the like, Hasbro and Mattel setups at Comic-Con... If I could have gotten pieces of that, ooh, I would have lost my mind. It's like
0: getting the aggro crag in Nickelodeon. They were
1: so cool. (laughs) Great reference.
0: Keep that forever. Yeah, I try not to spend money on anything though. Like I don't even want to spend money on getting in, honestly. Well, I I think you bring
1: up a good point about really you should consider eating beforehand. Um, If you want to do booze, you know, you should not be drinking on the floor, but maybe get a drink in the hotel beforehand. Uh, Try to find your cost-cutting measures there, folks.
0: And think of maybe one piece that you're really looking to get, like one item, you know, because there's so much out there. If you want to get a figure, get a figure, you know. Yeah, the popular anime one piece. Or a specific, yeah, like autograph. Yeah,
2: and like, I mean, going into a con with kind of a holy grail that you're looking for. Have a budget, too. Oh, oh, yeah, Yeah, definitely have a smart. Yeah, plan it out beforehand, guys. But having something you're looking for, I mean, it also gives you a sense of purpose when you're on the floor, because it's easy to get like kind of aimless, just walking around, seeing the same things over and over again. If you know what you're looking for, you're going to be way more focused.
0: Yeah, it becomes quick because it's almost fun for me. The reason I like going is just to see the spectacle and to have that one, like you said, holy grail. You can hone in on it and then just kind of enjoy everything around you. The cosplayers, the uh, spectacle, the boom bast of it all.
1: Tell me those grails though, Joe. What are you hunting down?
2: Uh, I collect action figures. Uh, three point seven five—that's my size of choice. Uh, Those are like old school GI Joes uh, for people who aren't familiar. Most popular toys now are up to six inches. Yeah, uh, so it's kind of of harder to find. Like what I'm looking for. Um, A lot of Marvel figures, um, stuff like that is mostly what I keep my eyes on. Um, You know, looking at like literally like figures from. The early two thousands, or mid nineties, or even eighties. You're talking loose out of the bag, yep, you know, just, on bag you know, and tag figures. Yeah, like five bucks a pop. You know, like nothing, nothing too expensive. Um, but other than that, it's a lot of like trying to run into people. Um, like I've been lucky enough to meet like Mark Wade and Greg Capula and Scott Snyder and Jim Lee. Um, when I know I'm gonna get the opportunity to see them, I'll pick like one or two books that I try to find pretty cheap. Um, like I was at a Jim Lee panel. He talked about a specific cover that he loved drawing that had Wolverine and Black Widow and Captain America. So I went and I tracked down that book, paid like 20 bucks for it. And the next time I saw Jim Lee, I got him sign that, you know, like that kind of thing. So um, you're a panel
1: hunter though. You're more about that experience running, hearing those stories.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I really like to, you know, hear these, these people talk about like what they're doing. And like some of the best ones I've been to are. Yeah, you know, like, Mark Wades was literally like, hey, I'm here for 45 minutes. Just ask me questions. Damn. Jim Lee's, he was like, hey, I'm going to sit and doodle the whole time. Raise your hand if you want to ask me a question. Uh Gail Simone, same way. I mean, like, well, just getting to, to these people.
1: When you hit Comic-Con, did you get to do the famous Hall H experience? Did no. you catch any of those? No, no you're I mean, talking. That's with, um, wasting your day.
2: It's I, Yeah, I mean, that's not even just your day, but your night as well. Um and even on the floor, Colin, it's gotten so crazy that, like, CW has a big booth, right? And I'm talking, you know, like, five or six times the size of one booth. Damn. Uh, and they'll bring out, like, here's the cast of Supernatural. And they're just on the floor signing autographs. Forget it. Like, you can't even get... <laughs> yeah. It's you like that the whole section gets roped yeah, off. Yeah, it's crowded up. Yeah, um, for- the, the cast of Ragnarok was at the Marvel booth. Wow, And it was like... Yeah, I mean, security guards just waving you by like you can't even I couldn't even look at the Marvel booth because it was a constant barrage of like, oh, here's the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, here's the Ragnarok. And like, yeah, I mean, that that gatekeeping of like, don't come near, don't come near. And it's like, okay, well, I'm I'm just here to look, man. Like, I'm just trying to have a good time.
0: Here's a a pro tip really quickly while we're telling people how to plan their days. Uh, If you're in a big crowd, just start saying security, please move. (laughs) <laughs> and people will step out of the way yeah you can trick <laughs> keep them. moving make them yeah, think yeah. you're security well you just say security make way and they'll think they're behind you yell, and like oh they're passing this forward and you're just gonna get by
2: and comic-con like we even had professional badges like it it doesn't matter man. Yeah. like it, it is a, a mob scene unless you can there. get
0: like through the bowels of the convention center the way like that you know Chris Evans would go through if he was making an <laughs> oh, appearance yeah. that's the only way and the one yeah. thing
2: um, I've never seen this at any other con but at comic-con um amc marvel cw all these big ones their setups are double decker and the top floor is like a lounge
0: sony does that at e3 all the big companies have these two stories yeah, so
2: you look up and you just see these people like sipping sodas you know sure, like, it's a box fans. at a sport and event like, something oh, like that they got how a do rope. I get up there <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, yeah that's what i want i would sit up there all fucking day and just watch the madness from uh from below but that's like i mean that's like King of the con, king of the con. That's
1: definitely king of the con. They got a velvet rope and a guard at the bottom. Yeah, it's checking pretty wild. your badge. Have you guys seen anybody bite it though? I've seen the heat make some people pass out. Yeah,
2: I've seen some people pass out.
0: Yeah, today, or not today, but this year at Anime Expo, it was the hottest day in June in LA history. And all the cosplayers with like big armor and stuff. So all the Alphonse Elrics. Full Metal Alchemist fans—they were (laughs) dying. It was pretty brutal. A lot of people. It's a
1: damn shame they worked all year for that.
0: Yeah, and they can't wear the costumes because the weather's too bad. That was pretty rough. So I don't know what their holy grail was. If it was to just show off their costume, I think
1: they missed out on that. Look, guys, they let you bring water bottles still, so plan accordingly on
2: that. Please bring a water bottle as well.
0: Bring a snack. You know, some trail mix,
2: beef jerky, stuff that's gonna like keep you energized and fill you up because you're not gonna want to pay like food truck or convention uh, center prices. You don't
0: want $8 French fries. No. <laughs> that have been under a heat lamp all day. So,
1: so can I tell you guys, my holy yeah. grails, um, I love to, I'm sort of the classic comic guy. I'll go to a long box and I will start peeling through it. You know, I'm looking for individual issues. I'll start peeling through those. I'm a Funko guy. I'll spend a lot of time picking up those stupid boxes, looking for a sticker that says Chase on it. Yeah. Well, You're like are Two for goes. 25. Exactly. Trying to the find two. the better deal. That's the other thing. Look, guys, when you're going through these long boxes, these are people who own comic book shops who are working their own booth. It'll say DreamWorks Comics. It'll say blah blah blah, whatever. Darkwave Comics. Uh, talk to them, haggle. You know, everybody there. Don't don't buy oh, it for I've full never price. Never paid. Yeah, yeah. I've never Pick not haggling at a booth. Why work it out. retail? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's definitely an increase in just specifically in the comic book world. Two years ago, comics uh, were all about white covers these covers that were design your own. It would just say the title of the comic. It would say Amazing Spider-Man on it, be completely white. You would go to Artist Alley, get a badass, you know, your favorite artist to draw an incredible drawing on it, sort of make it more individualized. We're seeing that drop off. Now we're getting more called virgin covers, which is uh, variant covers that take away all the information on it. So you just get the beautiful slab of artwork on it. Mm. Not really
2: a fan of those. I'm not really a fan of those either. I do have a uh amazing spider man issue number one blank cover that I've kind of been saving for like two or three years now. you're hunting
1: down your guy still yeah though.
2: like i'm I'm waiting for for the right artist at the right con. um I want to get to one of the smaller ones where I can really like. I'm gonna sit and watch you draw this thing. Like I just yeah, paid and have $50 a conversation yeah. exactly.
1: That's a little more intimate, a little more special.
0: That's actually really cool. I never knew they were doing these like white covers. I like the idea of the Virgin cover though. It's like um like a classic LP. Oh, then that's, that's literally, literally what it's, it's, it's trying that's to. That's what it's more. for,
1: right? It's people putting them in cases, showing them off, and a lot of them are gorgeous. Alex Ross does a lot of them. Who does these like painting esque styles? Oh, I'm on his mailing list. Oh, really? Yep. He always does contests too. You should check him out. Definitely will. But I just, I don't like the look. I just, I, I cannot get behind being like, look, this is, because it's never like Black Widow number one with the way it's going lately. It's always like, this is the special issue 369. It, it covers, you know, this where she meets the Hulk. Look at this weird virgin cover on it. And I'm like, oh, I don't know.
2: It's like, it's, that's just not special It's anymore. like yeah. It's a new comic book. It's not an old comic book. There is a uh, virgin cover for issue number one of Captain America by Alex Ross that just came out on July 4th. Highly recommend trying to track that down. That's
0: pretty cool. Those variations seem, they could be, like you said, it's just not a special issue. It's It's like a cash
1: grab.
2: Yeah,
0: you have like all these video games where it's like you have the Elite Edition, Deluxe Edition, Premium Edition, you know, and it's like, what the fuck is the difference? Pre-order exclusive. So you have virgin cover, white cover, regular cover, get which one you want, you know.
2: And that's on top of the five or six variant covers that every comic gets now anyway.
0: what, collect them all? Is that the, is that the impetus here? Like, I yeah,
2: have the, I, I have so. the
1: book. Collect what you like. Yeah. I've, you know, I've got the coolest artwork you can ever imagine. All the variants, all the exclusives. Okay.
2: So. I mean, I don't want to get too off track, but at some point we will have a conversation all about variant covers and how much they cost comic book shops to get each cover and kind of the the issues that it's that's kind causing of a broken system. Shops. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's kind of causing the death of a lot of comic book shops, unfortunately.
0: Wow. And that's what's great. Yeah. I got all these comic book shops are out there and they are discerning too. They know what things are worth. So if you know what it's worth, you can haggle like Colin said, you know, be smart.
2: Also. I mean, if you're ballsy about it, wait until Sunday. Cause they're going to be packing up and they're not going to want to take point. everything home with
0: as them. someone who's done cons. Um, yeah. If people will offer me cash on the last day for something, i'm much more persuaded to uh, yeah, you're willing to part with it yeah especially for a lower price than i was on day one
1: and that's a great uh idea joe experience the con the first couple of days experience the nightlife there's an incredible nightlife culture afterwards where a lot of these people want to go to bars that's want true. to go to out uh, i mean they take over hotels let's be honest guys yeah. but uh wait to spend money on that last day scope out what you like yeah there's definitely a
0: huge um the nightlife scene, that can't be understated because you got people coming from all over the country. We all love making the connections, same stuff. Like making connections, before. making lifetime friends. I mean, I have friends that I've been friends with for five years that we met at Anime Expo. Oh, that's great. Yeah.
2: For Comic-Con, too, like San Diego essentially shuts down. San Diego's uh,
0: a great town to hang out, you know? It, it is
2: yeah. a fucking party. As soon as the sun goes down, it's wild. Last year, uh, Cassie and I saw a guy naked, uh, okay. <laughs> running down the street, turned around, started running back, tackled by cops. I mean, it was like he was just blitzed. I mean, he had been sitting at a bar all day, I'm sure. I think he's cosplaying some edition of Berserk, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, he's a maniac. Frank from old school. Yeah. You guys remember when Walking Dead did that
1: zombie parade that spooked that deaf couple in a oh, car and yeah. they started running people over at Comic-Con? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, oh,
2: not no. good. There have been some really wild moments at Comic-Cons the bigger it's gotten. Like San Diego Comic-Con, uh, the first time it happened was in 1970 and there were 300 people in attendance. Very small. Um Now it's 165,000 every oh, of year course. or something like that.
0: Yeah, I... like. CES started in the basement. uh, E3 started in the basement of CES in Vegas. It's just a corner. What are video games? And now that's like the hugest press event. Anime Expo is like hundred some thousand now as well.
1: Oh, guys, Star Wars, mega, mega franchise Star Wars themselves before the movie came out needed to drum up publicity. They went to one of the earliest comic cons and handed out handmade posters that some people still have. I mean, just to drum up business. You know, they saw that this is where the world was going. People coming together to express what they love. Star Trek conventions. Oh, Things yeah.
0: like that. I really need to go to one of those. I'm a big Star Trek fan. I've never <laughs> been. Love to go to that. <laughs> um, I think that's like where maybe it's still pure. I think, do we feel like comic-con is getting too big is the easy.
1: smaller the special ones i absolutely more agree heart. absolutely you know the local listeners look for the ones in your city you know try to find if there's the capital by you or whatever the biggest city that's putting them on that is people in your state all coming together just to talk about the same thing you're not going to find advertisers for coca-cola who also need you to watch the new transformers tv show coming out or water shortages
2: yeah really um, having been to San Diego Comic Con, uh I cannot agree more with what you're saying, Colin. We we go to WonderCon every year. It's the sister convention, it's much smaller, way more pure. Uh I've run into Jim League. Like I didn't wait in line. Like I just was lucky enough to see him, get a picture, talk to him a little bit. At Comic Con that would never happen anymore. I mean from Two thousand one there were fifty thousand people. It had already grown. By two thousand five, it was a hundred thousand. I mean, that once the boom of the superhero movies that's
0: started, like S- Spider-Man and X-Men came out, exactly. right? Exactly.
2: Blade. I mean, all of that stuff came out and Hollywood was like, Oh shit, this is the new norm. This is where we need to be.
0: Niche to Normy one oh one. Comic-con is the niche to normie story, right?
2: But if you can get to these smaller ones, that's where you're gonna get the heart of it.
0: Yeah, I think you'll have a much better experience, you know, especially if you haven't been going to these or don't have experience going to them. It can be overwhelming, especially the big ones. Comic-Con, E3, oh, yeah, Anime yeah. Expo. It gets crowded. It gets chaotic. But if you want that pure just community sense, it's there. It's pockets of it. But it's mostly, to my sense, chaos.
1: Yeah, it's disappearing. It's yeah. Nice. yeah. Uh, we mentioned it before. You used to do a, things in the past where you could sort of hand off the entry passes to other friends. They could get an out you know security has increased so much we mentioned it before they really want you to move along as well um you know listeners we just recommend still have fun still go to these things just again have a game plan know what you want to do uh and, and just try to have fun you know it's it's a much more dour experience People get worried about things like shootings and stuff. That's never happened in the history of Comic-Con. They've always stopped those events. You know, they've done stricter gun laws with putting caps and things on props and things like that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we're seeing a lot of good still progress forward with these things.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think even though they've gotten big in commercial, at the heart, it's still a group of people who are passionate about something and just want to have fun.
0: Yeah, And even if, you know, they're new to the scene, that's why they're going. They've heard of Comic-Con. It's big. But, yeah, it's because people are passionate. I, I love supernatural and I want to see the bros in real life. You know, like, <laughs> yes. I'm going to hug sam and Jim and I'm gl- going to die
2: trying it. Glomp them? You're going to glomp them? <laughs> glomp hard. <laughs> glomp them, yeah.
0: Glomp them, folks. Uh, Dang and glomp anyway um But yeah, enjoy it. Temper your expectations. Be prepared. uh You know, hydrate, bring snacks. And if you want to go to a certain panel, be ready to wait in line. Uh, my final thought on just cons in general is. I don't go to theme parks and I don't engage in the con content for the same reason. I refuse Mm. to wait in the line. My time is too precious. I'll walk around and look at everything. I'll catch the trailers and the previews the next day on YouTube. I'll play the demos later for like E3. Um, The anime sneak previews come out a day later anyway. So I don't need to wait in line. I just want to see the spectacle, see the community, see the cosplay, check it out and just kind of enjoy the vibe. But also, I'm not paying to get in, so I'm trying to keep my cost <laughs> at <laughs> minimum.
2: Yeah. Uh, final thoughts. It's it's my vacation, man. Like that oh, is a great something. You know, a WonderCon every year, tickets for the whole weekend are less than a hundred dollars. You're up there by Disney. Uh, yeah, you're right by Disney. We'll go to downtown Disney one night. We'll stay at a hotel nearby, um, and then when you get to the con, for me at least, it's like my internet feed comes to life. A lot of the artists I follow on Twitter are there. Uh, A lot of the stuff I look at on eBay trying to track down are there. Uh, The trailers that I wait to see online are being premiered for the first time. It really is almost like, oh, the internet has come to life, minus all the bad stuff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I love the coverage. Joe, you years ago taught me the trick. I'm not so social media savvy. Um, You taught me that to look for the right hashtags. You know, you don't have to have these accounts, but just to cycle through those, look at all the pictures that the people put up of just being on the convention floor. That just gives you such a great experience of it if you're not actually there. Uh, I love that you can do that. I love that, uh, you know, people are there saying, You know, uh, I'm Jason Momoa, and I'm I'm just trying to pitch you Aquaman as hard as I can. You know, I'm going to say some things that, you know, people might be writing about for the next few days, you know, depending (laughs) on the questions that get asked. Exactly. Uh, And it's just, there's such an energy and such an excitement. So uh, check them out, folks. Let us know your convention stories, uh, whether you like them, what ones you've been to. Hit us up on Twitter. Email us. Let us know. Next, we're going to be talking about the upcoming schedule for Comic-Con 2018 when we get back.
2: Hi! Oh, huh? You're at Comic Con. Yes, I am. You want to say that loud with excitement? I'm at Comic Con! I'm Comic Con! I'm Comic Con! I'm Comic Con! I'm at Comic Con! Yes, I am.
1: Welcome back, Normies. We're talking Normie Con. Specifically, we're talking San Diego Comic Con 2018. All right, so I'm going to read the list here, guys. Just stop me, Uh, we'll talk about these properties as we go, you know, hit me with some facts or whatever you feel about them as we go. First up, it's broken up into a couple days, we've got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday coverage all week for San San Diego Comic-Con. First up, on Thursday, we're talking The Predator with Shane Black and the cast.
0: All right. well I saw the trailer recently, Um, feels kind of like soft reboot territory. It's like I see a lot of the original scenes, like them shooting the guns into the trees, except this time, it's at night. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of kind of what we saw with uh, Alien Covenant. Not so much Prometheus, but kind of like the the Alien Covenant, super aliens kind of stuff. Because it looks like there's a super Predator. Yeah,
1: that does seem to be the weird angle. So it's Shane Black is the director. His last film, Nice Guys. He was, of course, director of Iron Man 3 as well. And starred, co-starred in the first Predator film back in the day with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Played one of the Marines in the lineup.
2: And Colin, he's a huge influence for us as writers. I mean, he's one of the youngest, most successful back in the day with uh, the Lethal Weapon scripts.
1: Oh, and if you're talking about one of the highest paid spec scripts of all time, you're talking The Last Boy Scout, Bruce oh. Willis, Damon Wayne's Terrible movie. <laughs> but still, you got to love it. That's why I like it. Uh, you know, he makes incredible noirs. Uh, did you guys see Nice Guys? I loved it. Colin, we saw that with your uh, dad when he was in that's town. That's
0: Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg? Or no, it's that's
1: the other guy. That's the other guy. We're talking Ryan Gosling. We're talking Russell Crowe. Oh, no, I did not see that. So.
2: A lot of fun, man. Just a good 70s Hollywood uh, kind of neo-noir, I would say. Yeah, which is Warner, Warner Brothers Distribution.
1: For. We're talking same here with The Predator. Uh, we've kind of had a lot of advertising kicking off late. That trailer came late for this remake. So When's a it, lot of people have questions. When is it going to drop? Do we know? Any release date? When's the film coming up? You know, I don't have that on me. I think it's coming up uh, in two months here. Well, wow. That's pretty soon. Um, I don't know. I would give it a hit or a shit. Because
0: mm, of Shane Black, I guess I'll give him a chance. I think it's going to be a hit. I didn't know he was in the first film. So that's my thought. But it's supposed to be... Is it the Indominus Predator now? We have a super
1: yeah, predator. Yeah, I don't know. Again, the trailer seems confusing. I'm gonna say I don't think there's enough love to this property. Obviously, there was the remake Predators with Adrian Brody. This is going past that, not and taking predators any did Not do well. With I forgot no, that even exactly. existed. Exactly. Yeah, unfortunately, Most people. Alien think.
0: versus Predator was fun.
1: It, like it's cheesy. The first one or the second? one? The first one. I thought. See was again. You know, this is something. And the Predator films have had video games. Are they big in the pop culture? Would we do a Normies episode on that? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. that's
2: true. It's, I mean, I wouldn't mind doing like Alien versus Predator. Just put those two series together. That's an interesting. That's a good idea. That's just kind of like that. making it easier for us because I don't know. I don't know if. Predator really has a market. Huge action figure market, though. Like Nico makes a bunch of different Predator Ooh, toys that people lose their shit over. All these over.
0: variants, and it's like the, none of that yeah. was in the movie. All these different predators. matter. Yeah, so maybe we'll see some of those variants sneaking into this. You know,
2: I it's version. Shane Black. He's a one of the most talented screenwriters. I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of fun nods for Ultra fans. But Colin, like you said, I just don't know how many ultra fans there are at this point
1: and you got sterling k brown olivia munn thomas jane it's kind of a weird cast thomas jane's
2: fine Olivia Munn,
1: Keegan Michael Key, usually known for his comedies,
2: getting a little more serious here. Uh, he's like one of the Marine guys. Yeah, it's, I mean, if you've seen the trailer, it's like we're the badass Marines, and the Predators should be afraid of us. Which is like, okay, I don't, I don't know if that's, that's the same play out, thing that think. was in
0: the you know Arnold Schwarzenegger and his buff Jesse buddies.
1: Ventura. They get tricked him and Carl Weathers. It's the same thing, and then they go up against it as well. When was the last time you guys saw the original? Oh man, it's probably been four or five years. Uh, it's been more than that for me, but it is on. Um, I think hbo i believe it's actually it on hulu right now i've oh, been hulu. going through a crazy action phase and uh, thank god you've left me some some blu-rays actually like total recall joe as well oh, uh, <laughs> and knocking some of those out yeah big big arnold fan uh i don't think he's gonna be in this film i'll say shit mike you said shit hit us joe hit her shit ah uh, I, I might say, say, hit. say hit i think it'll be a hit oh uh, i take it
2: back i give him uh, some credit i'm gonna i'm gonna have to say shit um even Nice Guys did not do Fantastically. No, and office. of course
1: teased for a sequel on that as well. I don't think we're going to see that. I think so. they've changed it
2: from sequel now to TV reboot with a gender swap on the leads is kind of where they're at I with the property I don't now. like
1: that they do that with things now, but okay. Yeah, I want to
0: make a qualifier here. When I say shit, I'm not talking about will it make money. It's will it be a good movie. Oh, I'll
2: say oh, shit think, on that still. All <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. I think it'll be a good script. I think it'll be a bad box office buy and i think it'll be an okay movie if they
0: kept it lean you know a couple locations in a jungle predators use sparingly not a lot of special effects if they kept the budget lean they could make the they could make the turnaround no i know the, for a fact
1: that they did not sorry to interrupt you joe heavy reshoots on this film as well guys yeah. and oh something God. i teed joe up to off podcast i read a couple interviews with shane black he's developed a new screenwriting style where he likes to Put it up on its feet, run a rehearsal as scripted with the entire cast, then bring everybody back to the trailer, get down on the keyboard, type it all up. I think that's a little too collaborative.
2: Yeah, and Colin, like when we talked about that, I mean, he developed that after working on Iron Man 3. And I think the problem is that... When you have Robert Downey Jr., who's been Tony Stark for five or six years at the point of that movie, it makes sense to me. He
1: knows Iron Man. Yeah,
2: and he knows how those movies work, because he was not only in Iron Man, but Avengers and Incredible Hulk. He had been the character. He had seen the connected universe that they were building. I just don't know if that is how every movie you're gonna write. Yeah, needs going to be done. forward,
1: Keegan Michael Key comes up to you and says, "I've got a good idea for Predator." You're thinking, "Well, it's gonna be a joke." Hey, what right? if I make
0: a joke about uh, to catch a predator? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what if, what if Shane Hansen
2: has a uh, cameo? Uh, it's like
0: it's like Ian Malcolm. Like, hey, what if I did something better here? Yeah, Yeah, everybody's saying
1: that. We'll see. We'll see. That's the Predator. So let us know. That's the Predator. Followed up by that, WWE Elite Squad in room 6A, 1115 to 1215 panel. Now, those are WWE action figures.
0: Yeah, and I think they're going to have AJ Styles, and it looks like Renee Young, and a couple other people, Zack Ryder in the Elite Squad there, but new toys, buy the toys, WWE. Yeah. It's been merchandising since the early days. Buy that merch. Merch. Do you know how that worked really quick? No, please. Vince McMahon... It was running wrestling. The front row seats are, let's say, twenty five dollars. He's like twenty five bucks. So he takes the seats, has the wrestlers sign them, and he says, "Charge a hundred and tell them they can keep the
2: chair." Oh god! So, what a fucking fucking genius jeans, though! <laughs> yeah. So
0: and it's always been, you know, the wrestlers who if you who can sell the most shirts, that's how you make your money because you would sell your own gimmicks and your autographs. It's always been about selling shit, just like Hollywood.
2: So more toys. The the Netflix show Glow right now is like one of my favorite shows on Netflix. Follows the story of an all-women's pro wrestling first network like Gorgeous that. ladies of wrestling. Exactly. Uh, this season has an episode where they're all about, like, shit, we're not making enough money. Uh-oh. We're going to do autographs. We're going to meet fans. We're going to sell toys. It's exactly so like that. So true to
0: life. So this is, you know, just cashing in. Mattel, WWE is always shop.com Get 25% <laughs> off. So yeah. it's just like that. Um, And yeah, new toys. Check them out. Well,
1: when it comes up with WWE, not to go on too much of a tangent, but don't you guys just want to get XFL questions answered? Uh, Honestly, yeah. (laughs) That's
2: all we're curious about. If I've got Vince
1: McMahon for a second, I want to know why he's dumping more money into that.
0: Yes or no on Manziel.
1: Mm. (laughs) Hmm. Johnny Football, man. Johnny Football. Let him be. Johnny Extreme Football. Bring him in. He Hate Me. I want the nickname. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, oh, yeah. What's her name? Uh, Nia Jax wants to play. She wants to make it oh, my intergender, God. and uh, she wants to be She Hate Me.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, that would be so amazing. Okay. Oh, I'm
2: in. I'm in 100%. Okay, Again, well, not to get too off, but... Bring Goldberg out of wrestling. Put him back in football. Put him in that. I want to see him Full circle, people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> WWE Elite Squad, keep an eye out for the XFL.
1: Yeah.
2: Mike, you're a huge fan. It's something we've always... Uh, played in the past uh, yeah. we'll definitely have to do a pro wrestling episode sometime oh 100 so. maybe
0: SummerSlam or maybe wrestlemania next year we'll do a yeah a thing that's the a
1: big idea. normie wrestling event yeah it's
0: normie mania normie mania keep tuned
1: <laughs> so then coming up on thursday following that is the doctor who panel now this one's gonna be pretty special guys do- doctor it's, who it's oh that's i'm sorry that's doctor who who who's <laughs> on first Doctor Who, and it's going to be the first time with the Lady Doctor, Jodie Whittaker, who is, of course, taking over for the next season. Are you guys Doctor Who fans? Are you guys Mrs. Doctor Who fans?
0: I've never... I've seen maybe one episode of Doctor Who. It was um, with the guy who played... um, He was in The Crown... Recently, oh, I mean, not it's David, David Tennant, Prince Philip.
1: Oh, okay. You're talking Matt Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I saw
0: one episode of that. I thought it was pretty. It was like angels or something. Um, the Weeping Angels. Weeping oh, Angels. Oh, that's yeah. a
1: very famous episode. Because I, so I you checked out for the horror element. Yeah, of it or?
0: I thought it was fun, but I, you know, I'm a, I'm a Star Trek guy. First and foremost, that's my sci-fi kick. Um, I think it's fine. You know that we're getting Lady Doctor Who. That's great. I really like the concept. It's almost like James Bond where. You always have a different doctor. I like the idea that you get but a different in continuity, take.
1: Continuity, I love yeah, that Yeah, you too. get a different take. It's it's yeah. I, he regens. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. Or
2: they regen. I guess you should say now. Yeah, genders.
1: Yeah, they regen. Yeah, going for it. I don't know how we're going to handle that minefield. But uh, how about you, yeah. Joe? Uh
2: Any experience with the property? Um. Yeah, my both of my sisters and my brother are huge Doctor Who fans. Uh The Christmas specials. Obviously, every year, are if, if you're a fan of Doctor Who, you know about the Christmas specials. It's big big part of your household, too. Mm. Yeah, uh, not for me. Usually, at that point, I have had quite a few drinks. <laughs> uh, so I will sit on the couch and kind of scream at the TV while they watch it, trying to get a catch-up on the season. I tried watching. It's just a uh, hot take. BBC, I don't like the way any of it looks. Everything is so flat. Mm. There's no dimension to the image. Uh, It's just not all that well produced, in my opinion. The only season I watched was... um the guy who was uh, the Malachith in Christopher
1: Eccleston, the first season of the reboot series, who of course only did one season yeah. as the Doctor. But I'll
2: tell you, I like that because he was like kind of an asshole about
1: it, kind of an edge, sort um, of a darker take. Before David Tennant, incredibly popular actor, really revolutionized the property and made it what I would call Normie. If we were going to cover yeah. uh, and Doctor that's Who, my, that's who my would brother's be favorite.
2: My sister's favorites are Matt Smith, but it became kind of like fun. Oh, he wears
1: um, chucks. You know, he, yeah. he mm. runs around with beautiful redheads and cracks jokes. You yeah, know, what's I, not to like?
2: The Christopher Ecclesons. Sounds like a Marvel character. Exactly. <laughs> as, a, as a Star Trek fan as well, there are definitely elements of like morality tales and stuff like that. Okay. Um, but that's my only experience with it, really. Honestly, I just can't get into the, uh, the look of it. I really blame BBC for just not investing more in the It's a the cinematography property. thing for you. That's yeah, interesting. The, the image is just so flat. And that's just kind of like how all BBC productions. You think look Sherlock way. looks flat? I do. Black I think Black Mirror. Well, now it's Netflix, but yeah, the early. Yeah, now seasons. it's Netflix. Early seasons. If you look, I mean, it's story driven, and the story with Black Mirror maybe gets I was me just enough. into the story exactly. The, right. And it's, same with Sherlock. Like, it might look more dynamic. It um, does look very overcast, though. But the image, yeah. Is yeah, just it does so not look beautiful, though. Flat, yeah. like, like there's. There's no depth to the image, in my opinion. That could
0: just be a style thing. I noticed like... You it know, very much is. When you watch like Japanese or Korean TV, it's very fucking flat. And like, there's no creativity with the lighting. It just might be, you know, just might be a style thing. Yeah, well, and work. that's,
2: you know, I mean, that's my issue with anime too. TNG like, flat as fuck art. too, though. Yeah, that's true, but so, it took me a season to really get into TNG. Well, it didn't
0: so. even get good till second season.
2: Well, but let me ask you guys
1: this genre question-wise. How do you like your sci-fi? Do you like it whimsical, specifically? Is it okay when it has that lighter touch?
0: I don't want Harry Potter Trek that's what doctor who feels like to me Mm-kay. it's like whimsical fun goofy and you know, spot tea.
1: i'm trying to think of anything movie wise i like the books by Piers anthony who does something sort of you know funny sci-fi but you know all i can think of is like george r, r. martin you know high fantasy stuff like yeah. that so mm-hmm. what's what's something sillier
2: um hitchhiker's guide to the Galaxy? hitchhiker's guide yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, hitchhiker's guide. Something a little sillier. i mean like I I like science fiction and I like science fantasy. Bill and Ted, but I want to know which I'm getting. You know what I mean? Like when I'm watching Star Trek, I know what I'm getting with Star Trek. I'm going to get a heavy science fiction. I'm going to get a lot of dialogue about the logistics of the ship and and uh, you know diplomacy and stuff like that. If I'm watching a Star Wars movie, I want the force and I want fucking lightsabers. I just want and goofy magic aliens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I like them both. I just want to know what I'm getting. Sure,
1: but like you brought up, I'll take a Douglas property when it's got enough comedy into it. So maybe that's what Doctor Who does well. Again, I'm not super familiar with it like you, Joe. I've got siblings who are obsessed with it, and on Christmas, we put that on, and it's a hoot. It's a hoot.
0: I think <laughs> I think Doctor Who, it's like the sci-fi for the non-sci-fi person. Okay. Right, like it deals with some of this stuff, and I haven't seen a lot of it, so I'm probably speaking out of pocket, but it's like it's more accessible because it's fun than like Star Trek, where it's like...
1: I get a little worried when something like Big Bang Theory talks about Doctor I, Who so much. Yeah, I think, yeah, but you can't say
2: that, because then it's like, oh, mm-hmm. Batman. Yeah, exactly. And, and they and talk about you know. the
1: Flash that yeah. much, too.
0: You're absolutely I right. I Big Bang Theory is doing such a detriment to the community.
1: Because <laughs> it's not Bazinga! like... Yeah. Well, it's, it's not nerdies like us, Mike.
0: No, no. It's like, The thing is, really quickly, we got off track from Doctor Who, but, you know, Big Bang Theory, it's like... They're still the butt of the jokes. They're not embraced as nerds. They're still made fun of for being nerds. Yeah, sure. it's not inclusive. They're just we're still laughing at them for being nerds. That's what they want you to do. It's so bad.
2: So. Yeah, but I mean, it's for like sad moms who miss the it, kids. It is to acknowledge. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So really, anyway. it's for people who fell asleep at the TV watching Wheel of Fortune, and that's why it's the number one show. It's not, that's true. I, like, I, I'm, I'm
0: doing the dishes it. and the remotes over there. And my hands are wet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <right>. anyway, <laughs> but Doctor Who. I I think it's a fine show. I just haven't gotten into it. It feels like people younger than me enjoy it more. Interesting take. Like five years younger got into it than I did.
2: Or 50 years older. Yeah, that's the The scary part.
1: Yeah, exactly. I can talk to my dad about old-timey black and white or radio serials that he's heard about.
2: I think it was the fifth doctor who had the long scarf and stuff like that. I mean, he's regenerated a million times. I
0: think that's the greatest strength of it is that you can just reinvent the character. It's like Spider-Verse. Yeah, it's huge yeah.
2: lore, too. I mean, it's, you know, I, I appreciate and, you know, accept any universe that's going to build that
1: that highly. It's incredible. Let's talk about that diversity angle. So, again, this is the first time with a woman. It took a very long time. It yeah. seems to be rubbing some feathers. I'm sure it'll be great. Do you think we'll see an African-American after this? Do you think we'll see more asian American?
0: Or Asian British, yeah. Or I mean, African British. non-American. Oh, I guess yeah. that's yeah. true as well. You're right. <laughs> but I know oh, what you mean. You,
2: you could say black. I don't think that's a bad. <laughs> word. Yeah. So, but yeah, some like,
0: like you know, different you know ethnicities going to the playing slotted into the role of Doctor Who, yeah. right? I, think... I mean,
2: Idris Elba got his start on Luther, right? That's a BBC show.
0: Yeah, and people have been dying for the Idris Elba James Bond, and I'm a big proponent of that.
1: Well, does this open the door for that?
2: Not, bad.
0: Know, not that, I,
1: yeah, but you don't think so. This was a casting that so many people held high. Again, it's old timey white British people who are like, I've been watching that since yeah. the fifties. He is not a man. He's not a man. He, you know, oh, a woman he doctor look like me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't even think <laughs> that could happen in the real world. Wait, what, what do you mean, Nurse Who? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Nurse, nurse. Oh, Yeah, terrible. I heard they're changing yeah. the show to Nurse Who. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a spinoff of Nurse Jackie.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's all dumb. You know that's that's yeah. all old timey stuff. It's progressive. It's cool out. and it's refreshing take. Absolutely. It's great. It's What's great. the difference? I mean, I, I my brother and my sisters are a huge fan. None of them had any issue with it mm-hmm. as as a fan of the show. I think that's kind of just old ideas. I think the resistance comes from anyway. the old guard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, we saw the same thing when Finn was cast in Force Awakens, and they were like, uh, "Oh, great, we're gonna have a Black Jedi." We already had Mace Windu. Oh
0: God, yeah. terrible! Yeah, those are the guys who you, you tune out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: And they're the minority anyway. Like they, you know, they like to think that it's a big voice that hates change, but really, they're they're in the the minority. Just a small loud voice. Yeah, exactly. So.
0: I think it's fine. I think maybe I might be intrigued to even check it out as someone who didn't watch a lot of Doctor Who just to see how it's treated and the approach they take.
2: I think it's a cultural phenomenon regardless. I mean, it's a big change in a major franchise. That's true.
1: Jodie Whittaker, I'm not familiar with the actress, so not I would be interested in checking that out too. Yeah.
2: But we weren't familiar really with David Tennant or Matt Smith before, so.
1: Yeah, it's a real who's who now though.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thanks. Kieran Gillian, of course, came into the Marvel franchise as Nebula. Nebula we love yeah. her as well. Oh, that's she great.
2: shaved off the beautiful red hair.
1: I guess that's what I'll always love Doctor Who for. It does seem to be a breeding ground for Hollywood to scoop up British actors. Absolutely. Yeah, even pulling Benedict. Yeah, very true. All right, guys, so moving on on the Comic-Con schedule. I'll do the next two together because they're kind of tied. We're going to have a Better Call Saul Season 4 panel with Bob Odenkirk and Vince Gilligan and the rest of the cast. Vince Gilligan, of course, creator of Breaking Bad. It's going to go then into a Breaking Bad 10th anniversary special panel with the entire cast and crew. Which can you
2: believe it has been 10 years? No, that's
1: kind of the thing that wakes me up the most about this uh, is that I did not know it had been 10 years. Uh, It does not feel like it's been that long since it's been off television. I remember being out here in California for the finale. uh,
2: For both of the two parts. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I don't know. I love you guys' thoughts on these. I, I love these shows. I'm still tuning into AMC for Better Call Saul. I don't know if I agree with everyone on the planet who says Breaking Bad is
2: the greatest television show of all time, but I certainly loved it when it was on. Absolutely not. I would give even a hotter take than that. I think there are episodes of Better Call Saul that rival episodes of, better, uh, of Breaking Bad. I think that, that character study with uh, Bob Odenkirk, I mean, we've been a fan of that show since it started. It's awesome. Like the, it's the, the storytelling in it is so smart. I can't wait to see them bring other Breaking Bad elements into uh, Better Call Saul, which I think we'll see more and more of as we get closer to the end of the series.
0: Yeah, I am um, a you know, big Breaking Bad fan. I watched some Better Call Saul. Um, I haven't seen all of it, but I hear really good things about it. And it, I think it's shot so well. And Odenkirk's performance in that character phenomenal how do you follow up brian cranson how do you how do you do a better character performance than that like a character study than what brian cranson did and then
1: odenkirk's crushing it hold my beer yeah hold my beer how he do you hold my, hold my beer hold my comedian yeah, yeah it's how just do incredible you, how it's an incredible cast his brother michael McKean, who oh. we just saw leave the show incredibly cast in that part as well snubbed for an emmy in my opinion me too
2: yeah that, that show And, like, I mean, also, let's talk about the 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 behind-the-scenes of Breaking Bad. Like, Ryan Johnson.
1: Michelle McLaren. These are incredible directors that they just had come on, pick it up every day. Uh, Ryan Johnson did seven episodes of that show.
2: Osmodeus, is that the... Ozzy uh, Mendes. Ozzy Mendes, uh, And The Fly, obviously, some of the biggest
0: ones. Yeah. Yeah, The Fly is great, yeah. I, I just remember the cinematography. One scene stands out in the early episodes when he's getting kicked out of his old law firm or whatever. And there's the woman and she's smoking a cigarette outside and there's a hard cut on the light and she's half in her legs are in the light, but her face is in the shadow. And it's just like even the visual language of the cinematography is like so smart.
2: Yeah, they really kept in tune with what Breaking Bad was the doing. The visual tone. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: You know, they say renaissance of television came at a point for Sopranos, right? That was when everything was new and fresh and redone. The second renaissance, of course, was truly with AMC. Mad Men, the first non-cable network oh, yeah. to be up for Emmys. Yeah. Uh you know, And they continue that with Breaking Bad. I would tie those two together to say that it truly did change the course of prestige television.
2: And right. not only that, but taking things that were super niche like The Walking Dead as a book or a Preacher even – And turning them into normie shows on one of the biggest networks.
0: Methamphetamine. Make it normie. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I don't get it. And you know, a lot of people forget that the
1: first season's kind of slow. The second season's cut short because of a writer's strike. Uh, So there are stumbles along the way, but you gotta give it credit. I'm excited to see this panel. I'm excited for all these people to come together and for maybe some secrets to come out or some behind-the-scenes gossip
2: or something, something fun. That's definitely one I'll be waiting for the the YouTube release because most of these big panels, and that's another maybe secret of cons, wait a week or so. You'll see it all online. Yeah, they are not putting these up live, but they do tape them and they do publish them.
0: Yeah, because they're going to get more marketing for it. So that's my thing with cons. I'm not going to stand in line. Just watch it unless you're really a huge fan. But I just want Aaron Paul. It's
1: been 10 years, bitch. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Gatorade me.
1: Guarantee that's going to happen.
0: Brought to you by Gatorade, the Breaking Bad 10 year anniversary panel.
1: You know, Brian Cranston will say some cool stuff. Uh, I wonder if he'll do something awesome like he did with that comic, you know, uh, reveal he did with the costume. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm excited to at Vince Gilligan a genius maybe he'll announce what his next endeavor
2: will be I mean Vince Gilligan all the way back to like X-File days I mean like people forget that the reason Brian Cranston got the job on Breaking Bad is because of his one-shot episode of the X-Files
0: fucking cool dude I love the fan theory that um heisenberg survives and then goes witness protection and that's why he's malcolm's dad
1: yeah i love that or, or it's a, a
0: dream from hal yeah, yeah hal's fever dream it's great ah. what's crazy is it's 10 years such an influential show and wow i can't believe it's already been 10 years
1: yeah and you know you see the rest of the cast people like dean norris have done stuff like under the dome or anna gunn who Ugh. received a bunch of death threats for her role of Skyler. really has not moved on it's to like find when people fucking
0: are giving rose tico actress shit you know it's like
1: it's a character. Yeah. Don't give
0: yeah. the actress or the actor a hard time in real life because you don't like a
1: character.
2: Also, just like grow the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. come on. Yeah,
1: I just hope this isn't hurting their further careers. So. I mean, that
2: was something like even Mark Wahlberg was worried about when he took the Luke Skywalker role. As, as you you take on this iconic Mark role... Mark Hamill?
1: you said Mark Wahlberg and it's the best thing I've ever oh thought God. of yeah
2: <laughs> I want him Wait, and oh, the,
1: but I was gonna go to Tossie Station use and get the some force. power converters use the force and say hi to your mother
2: for me <laughs> oh man um, <laughs> but you know they, they worry about getting pigeonholed yes in role, and I think that that might have happened to some of the breaking, blow, breaking Bad people
1: yeah yeah it's a bummer but that panel will be something to keep an eye on keep an eye on we'll YouTube. get some further announcements you know with uh, Better Call Saul coming up and of course we'll hear about the future Breaking Bad Who the hell are you? You know. You all know exactly who I am. I'm the man who killed Gus Fring. No!
2: How many people are going to die because of us? I'm done. We're
3: done and I say we're done.
1: Now, say my name. Heisenberg. You're damn right. So that was Breaking Bad. Now we'll talk about Assassination Nation. Now, that I know nothing about, but it is the first television show from the Russo Brothers. Oh, shit. Really?
0: Well, I don't know anything about it. That's my take.
1: <laughs> I think it's a comic book adaptation. Let us know if you know about it.
2: Uh, no, I have not read that. I think it is an adaptation. Though, I'll see if I, I can
0: look it up. Yeah, um, I had no idea. Uh, but if it's Russo Brothers, what did they do before this? Community. Oh, that's right. Oh, we love community at Comic-Con. Infinity
1: Wars. (laughs) So, you know, it'll be their first big post-Marvel experience. They they did Infinity War? Yeah, of course, baby. They
2: started with uh, Winter Soldier, and they made Winter Soldier, Civil War, and Infinity War. All right. So they kind of became the, uh, I mean, they took it from Joss Whedon, essentially.
0: All right, well, here's what I got here. When an anonymous hacker exposes the secrets of the residents of Salem, Massachusetts, four oh, high uh-oh. school girls <laughs> are out for revenge.
1: Oh, oh, okay, I'm sorry. So does that say comic book? Is that a, is that a YA novel?
0: It just says drama crime film 2018.
1: Oh,
2: okay, I'm hmm. not excited for that then.
0: Comes out September. Um It says Salem hackers, so it's witch hackers girls high school. I don't know. I mean, if
2: it has anything like the energy that uh, the hacking subplot in Winter Soldier had, then I'm 100% in.
0: There we go. It's Hopefully. the Russo brothers, you know. They, uh, it's got Bill Skarsgård in it.
1: Look, you know, they were nominated for an Emmy back in the day for the Arrested Development pilot. I mean, these guys oh, yeah, know right. TV. It's not a big deal, you know. Obviously, it'll be great, whatever it is. We just I, had to I wait I and see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So moving on past that, this is pretty much the only Marvel experience at Comic Con. They are passing this year. They're not even doing their own separate convention, which uh, they put on. Uh, I'm sorry. What is that one called, Joe? Where it's just Marvel properties and Pixar and everything else? Oh, okay. So
2: yeah, let's let's, let's talk about this for a second. Marvel and Star Wars are both passing, which are both uh, Disney owned. D23 happens every other year. D23, and that is the the Disney exclusive con. So they cover Pixar, Disney, Marvel, Star Wars. Star Wars also has Star Wars Celebration, which happens every year. So I think. At the same venue as Comic. or No, um, WonderCon, right? Uh, they move it every year. Okay. okay. Uh, D23 is always at, or D23, I'm not sure which it is, to be honest, is always at uh, Anaheim Convention. Because it's Center. right next to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Or that what, would make sense. Yeah. yeah. But I think, I mean, I think we wouldn't be surprised to see every major studio have their own con in years moving forward. I'm not going to be shocked when we have a warner brothers con named after dc i mean yeah, everyone's gonna kind of have makes their me own nervous thing.
1: i see what you're saying here so going down the line in the future do you think they're gonna keep skipping these hall age presentations I wouldn't marvel be
2: surprised because like look they don't need it man no they can <laughs> like, focus on their own thing
0: why uh, you do you know. want people's attention to be split
2: yeah like why, why compete with walking dead or dc films when you could just wait two weeks and drop your own trailer well, it's going to get true. that internet traction anyway. I mean, Regardless, people are, you know, they're hounds for it. I will say, though, like, last year, their Comic-Con announcements were mind-blowing. I mean, it was <laughs> very Captain true. Marvel, 90s, the scrolls are back. Like, everything yeah, was showing so off incredible art. People got to see a first look at an Infinity
1: War, which didn't get leaked online. Thor Ragnarok was still getting talked about. I mean, it yeah. was a great time to be a Marvel fan back then as well. But they're skipping it this year. They're taking a Netflix show. We've got Marvel's Iron Fist with Jeff Loeb, who was a big prominent comic book writer back in the day, who's uh,
2: now the head of Marvel Studios Television. He wrote the a uh, handful of books that I've recommended on the The cast. Long Halloween,
1: uh, yeah. Spider-Man Blue, you uh, mentioned Captain back America in the Captain America White, we yep. just
2: talked about on the 4th uh, of July episode as well. Those are all Jeff Lowe books. So are you
1: guys a fan here? Have you watched the other Netflix shows? Joe, have you finished Luke Cage season two?
2: I have not finished season two of Jessica Jones or Luke Cage at uh, this point. Oh so okay, here's
1: what we're seeing. Is it oversaturation for you? Too much?
2: Um maybe I th- I think the Defenders was kind of a letdown. Um and Jessica Jones it really became a time concern. Same with Luke Cage. I mean I just Nothing has you running back to it. Uh some things I've heard about season two have me excited, but what I wish they would have done instead is just give me Luke Cage and Iron Fist together and call it Heroes for Hire, man. Like, just give me Heroes for Hire. I don't want to see these solo shows when you're going to tease it that they connect in the Defenders. Just do fucking Heroes for Hire and put no, those two together. They're
1: bread and butter. They're making their money now. That, no. that makes a lot more sense, too.
0: Because like, it's like, you know, Lost, you'd have a Jack episode, a Kate episode. Like, just weave it together. It Yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I can't watch. I can't be committed to entire seasons for each character of the Defenders until you put them together
2: one like for daredevil i can (laughs) like daredevil i'm I'm there midnight when it drops weird um but for some of the other characters that i'm less in tune with uh, it's just hard to get me going this is not one you're running to
1: you don't care about the martial arts no one is running the iron Fist. yeah unfortunately not yeah but like mike did you finish season one no no i didn't i'm not like a fan i don't watch the netflix shows
0: i don't watch jessica jones really i just it's enough for me to watch movies i you know and Fans of the podcast know I'm not a big comic book guy. You know, I engage with the Marvel movies, and I had four Spider-Man books. That's it. So,
2: Daredevil's one of my favorite Marvel characters of all time. So, like, that show is really important to me. I love that show. The Defenders was okay, but a little bit disappointing. But, Colin, like, one of our first big pitches we worked on was a Heroes for Hire God, tell me movie. About it. Oh. I mean, like... The idea of two best friends who are different, but their differences bring them closer together. That is what I wish they would highlight in the show. And instead, they kind of did this, like, separate Uh, universe. That's the uh,
0: Double Dragon
1: game.
2: Yeah. And there was a lot of backlash against Iron Fist when it first came out. A lot of people were mad. He was a white dude.
1: Uh, Louis Tan, the uh, stunt coordinator who appeared in the first show, auditioned for the role, was turned down. He believes maybe it was because they were more interested in a Caucasian character. You know, who knows? Um, And, of course, he just played a character in Deadpool 2. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know. The whitewashing controversy, the character has always been that way. Yeah, Uh, if that's how he exists in the comics, I don't see what the controversy is. But beyond that, I'm just, you know, I just don't think he has enough fans to warrant keeping him to the letter. So I can also see that argument as well. I just don't think it's that much of a big deal. It's it's just not a big property.
0: When I was at E3, uh, they were giving away the... um what are those Disney Infinity toys?
1: Oh, uh, the toy box?
0: Yeah, the Marvel Infinity. They, they're like, kind of like Amiibos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people got the Iron Fist ones, and they were worth less on the black market trade value than the Hawkeye one. Mm. <laughs> so, like, you know.
1: Yeah, his stock is not
2: high as a character at the moment. But it never has been. Exactly. I mean, that's why I think you so, need to put him with... Yeah. Luke Cage, who is a much more interesting character. It's like a tag team, right? Yeah, you know, like yeah.
0: in pro wrestling, you know, put two people together. Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy suck separately, but together they're greater than the sum of the parts. You know? Yeah.
2: And like, I couldn't agree more in terms of these two characters too. Like, they really need to be together. Their differences, I like, were so important at the time too. Because like, people are upset that like Iron Fist was white for some reason, even though he's always been white. Yeah. But like. You're really neglecting the fact that like they were interracial best friends in the 70s, uh, that his love interest was black. Like you're kind of ignoring oh, and that's
1: something we have mentioned before. We hate to see what they're doing where the show seems to be focused on hooking up the white character who, with an Asian background with an Asian character or the African-American character with an African-American character. No, Misty Knight used to date white Danny Rand and it was fucking dope. Yeah. <laughs> or, well, you know, was, Luke Cage
2: banged Jessica Jones and it was awesome. In the 70s, in a time where, like, that wasn't as yeah. common. I mean, it was. I feel like you're kind of ignoring the real diversity that existed in favor of, like, outlash that he's white, even though he was always white.
0: Right. I mean, either that or they're trying to create another statement because if the book was made at a time where they're trying to take a stance on like equality and like, Hey, we're all the same. Let's all get along. Maybe they're just trying to do to that for 2018. Some sort of, maybe, we're yeah, not coming out sense. of the civil yeah. rights era right now. so a no, 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 no. little bit
2: different, but, but it was but, also about like a white man using his privilege to better the community. Cause he's as rich as Tony Stark. Right. um But again, I mean, that's all, like, every every side of the argument is valid. Uh, it's just kind of a silly well, if, argument.
0: if Loeb can bring in some of these more interesting angles that we're discussing, then that's a positive. But I think there, there's nowhere to go but up with Iron Fist, it feels like, because everyone's kind of like, meh.
1: Because the first season was so poorly received as well. And now you see new casting. Alice Eve from the Star Trek movies, who played the character for uh, James T. Kirk's wife you know from the old films, yeah. uh, has now been cast in a mysterious role that nobody knows about. She's very excited about it. The rest of the cast say that they have found the true Danny Rand character after how poorly he was received for season one. So obviously there are steps in the right direction.
2: Yeah. Also, I think that was another issue with the show is that I feel like they didn't really know the character as well. He was just kind of like whiny and way less zen than he should have been. Oh, and you
1: know, going Mm. even further, I love these Netflix shows because they are capable of dealing with some really extreme concepts. Jessica Jones, post-rape life. How do you exist with that? Luke Cage asked you to explore what the N-word actually means and what it means when it's said to him as a man. Uh, In season two, I'm about halfway through, loving it as well. What it means to grow up in the culture of Harlem. What it means to be a society, to come together. Can you help each other out and defend it together? I don't know what... Danny Rand's contribution to that is there's a lot of what does it mean to have white privilege, but you know, as a white guy who kind of also had that, I don't even really like seeing that, you know, it bums me out. So yeah, I I I mean, they need to
2: make a statement with it instead of just kind of meandering on the, yeah, you would hope so.
1: Yeah. And especially when people criticize these too long seasons of too many episode orders, you really have to hope. I I hope with this panel at season two, they excite us. They show off incredible fight choreography, incredible costume, maybe. I mean, we've been fucking jonesing for that, yeah. too. You know, something to get us hooked.
2: And, you know, they did the thing that they always do in season one where you introduce the uh, the rival, the main villain as a friend. Do you think we'll see that explored more? Oh,
1: yeah. Davos, the character Davos, will certainly be the bad guy of season two i would guess i don't know they've also done a really good job with these netflix shows of circumventing those tropes like in luke cage season two you kind of don't really know who the bad guy is actually you know they do a good job of also humanizing them or making it like something like the wire so come on iron yeah we saw that a lot with
2: kingpin yeah
1: yeah and season one too with uh, Marshella ali who played uh, coppermouth who was very beloved as well or cottonmouth i'm Well, I mean, Iron Fist, let's see what they do. Yeah, let's see if it tries to win us back over. Yeah. So that's wrapping up Thursday, going into the Friday schedule. It starts off with the Fear the Walking Dead panel, and then after that, Vikings, but then also a Walking Dead panel as well. So we're seeing a lot of heavy, this is another AMC program that's coming there. Is Vikings a fucking Comic-Con property? <laughs> right? And that's kind of the thing. Everything is a Comic-Con property. That's what I mean.
2: Property. It's not even yeah.
0: Comic-Con. It's just like film and TV. Like, I know Walking mm-hmm. Dead was a book. Yes. And the Marvel properties are books.
1: But, like, what the fuck is Vikings doing there? No, I see what you're what saying. What are that's NFL terrible. stars doing there? What the You know, what well, is it becoming? Well, something like Sons of Anarchy comes, too. Like, we're going to yeah. see a the, the Mayans Club... I don't know. Yeah, oh what is God. that? We're just going to get
0: AMC con, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we that's basically well. what it is now. But so,
1: Walking Dead, right? Jump to Walking Dead, because this is something, guys, I truly believe we could cover in an upcoming episode.
0: I think we could do a zombie episode or a Walking Dead. Maybe around Halloween, we do Ooh, all horror idea. stuff, right?
2: Yeah. The whole month of October, we'll have horror episodes. Yeah, right? so, yeah, yeah, yeah that's love great.
0: That. But Walking Dead, I, I feel like it's on its last shambling, decaying
1: legs, right? I mean, oh, that's that's my opinion. So that's going to be the, the point of these panels, right? right? Fear the Walking Dead, this is going to be the first time where it ever ties in with the main series. Morgan, right. one of the main characters from The Walking Dead, has set out now. There's a time jump. He has joined Fear the Walking Dead. And Walking Dead, I mean, they've been hemorrhaging viewers left and right. Guys, they are going to be pushing like crazy they, to get more viewers. They
0: killed Glenn to try to spike viewership and did and not it did the opposite
1: well and that's when they were
2: you know they they had veered from the comics the killing of glenn was something where i feel like they were really trying to get hardcore fans back because that yeah. is a payoff pay moment there in the book. sure um but now with some of the cast leaving and like rumored supposedly uh, a lot of contracts coming up let me ask oh, is you this rumored? i thought it was official.
1: supposedly rumored for now but let me ask you this guys are you caught up Oh no! I gave up the season. <laughs> up. Oh yeah, I yeah. Didn't I even gave think up. about it, Joe. Um, no, same with you guys. We we dropped last season as well.
0: Yeah. I stopped a little bit after the uh, the prison.
1: Wow! Oh, so wow, you're a so long you're time. Like out. after yeah. the
0: after the governor and stuff. Like I they rushed
2: through the governor storyline. There's
0: well, so much more in the book. And once I got to the point, I think it's the season after. You know, where basically the terminus they're,
2: stuff. Is yeah, that? terminus. Yeah, well, that's when me, I gave what up. What
1: frustrates you? What is it that turns you guys
0: okay. off? Okay, you have a whole season. And then the only episodes that are of any impact are the mid-season break and the season finale. The rest of it is just slow-ass buildup and non-sequiturs. Non, non, It's a waste of time. It's just filler. And like the only time something that actually happens that moves the plot forward is in that mid-season break and the season finale. The rest of it is just bullshit character stuff that really doesn't mean anything until you have that... Big moment. Yeah,
1: big moment. The big the test death. them. The I the could actual not agree
0: more. test that they have to go through to change. The rest of it's just like it's pitiful plotting. I mean, yeah, truly, it's so it's, slow. Screenwriters me- who
1: are like, well, you know, sweeps is at this point. This is when the summer pickup is. These are the points when we got to get more viewership. We got to get more.
2: I mean, it's also and now this is affecting Fear the Walking Dead as well. Just under a constant shift of showrunners and writers and creators. You you can't pay people to stay on this show, and I think that's a huge problem.
0: It's almost like not having a singular creative mind driving the thing forward is a
2: detriment. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, it's almost like they got bigger than they could handle. Like, really, like, they started, like... Oh, I mean, remember when you could get the season one Blu ray and it would come in black and white? Oh, sure. Yeah. There were lines lifted directly, From the panels the lifted directly. Well, I mean, think about Because I actor read the books, Channel too. Riggs. Yeah, and the books are great. I yeah. mean, like, again,
0: they're a lot different. We'll do
1: a Walking Dead episode.
2: Yeah, but. but, but.
0: So we got Fear the Walking Dead, which that's not related to the books at all, correct? Nope. No, and just to watch
1: that—that's one that I've never tuned into. I would assume Jacob, friend of the podcast, again will probably be our guest that episode. He loves Fear the Walking Dead
2: more than the Walking yeah, Dead. Yeah, but this even point. I mean, again, we'll talk about it more later. Even he's starting to get out because Scott gimble is now taking over that show. Yeah, again, yeah, yeah that's just a big the problem. change in showrunners and staffing.
0: I like the difference in tone in Fear the Walking Dead. Um, it it was you know a more human look at everything obviously the walking dead is a human show it's about the human characters and stuff but it was interesting to see the early days of the infection and it's just more it's more character driven even than the original series i feel but it's getting weird so i don't know win me over i think zombies are dead like <laughs> we and not literally they are, but you know, we had the two thousand what, two thousand one or something? We had the, the
2: boom Zach Schneider right after Dawn of the Dead two thousand three or two thousand four. So Dawn
1: of the Dead Reboot get comes down out. with the sickness? Yeah. Oh god. Come
2: that's, on, get down with the sickness. sickness.
0: Um that happens. And then we get the zombie boom and yeah. I zombie land. Yeah. Zombie land.
1: Zombie land two just announced guys. Can we uh, talk about yeah, that? Next year,
2: 2019, 10 Return years since the
1: original. Oh wow. God. Yeah. I, I don't know about any of these.
0: Yeah. Walking dead comes down to much like the zombies themselves. The series doesn't know that it's, it's done. It's dead. It's yeah. decaying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it might still just be shambling to death.
0: Yeah. Just until it,
1: until preacher's final synapse gives up, just... yeah, <laughs> yeah. So pr- us prove know, us wrong, listeners. Yeah, prove us wrong. Walking Dead. We'll or see. don't,
2: and just get out of the way.
0: Like the vampires finally died. Yeah. I mean, I like vampires. Very I, I like Anne Rice books and stuff. But they finally fucking died. Twilight, Vampire Diaries. All right, we're done. No we're more vampires, done. zombies. It's time to be done. Let's give it a rest. Yeah, so what do you want, to- Mike? I don't know.
1: I don't want vampires or programs done, on television on the same network zombies, that are zombies. True. It just blows my fucking mind. You're just like, what could you possibly have to say? Where you're like, well, we can't fit that in the other one. <laughs> you
2: yeah, know, we got we got we so many fucking
0: zombie themes. stories.
2: Let's just go with also, Cthulhu. Why yeah. do we never get oh, the there fucking the speech? The yeah. we are the Walking Dead. Yeah, when sure. is it going to happen? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, I think it's uh, happening it? in the writers' room yeah, right now. Seriously, and we'll see. You like we said, it? if Weird. Andrew Lincoln
1: stays, that's
0: what every um, showrunner says.
2: And Carl's dead. Oh, spoiler alert! Chandler Riggs. Yeah, is, unfortunately, da- is Daryl alive? Uh, Daryl
1: supposedly he's going to be the one who Norman Reedus oh, takes over God. the lead of the show. But
2: like,
0: the Death Stranding man, the himself. quiet
2: <laughs> badass cannot be the lead of the show, man. Like that's not he, he, it's not functional. The
0: loner can't be the <laughs> leader. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Doesn't make yeah, sense. It's well.
0: All right. Well, I'm not going to be tuning in, so I'll let the internet tell me if it's good or not.
1: And let us know if you want us to do that episode, folks. But tuning in on the rest of Friday. Coming up next, we have Hulu's new show, Castle Rock. Now, Castle Rock is a big city in the Stephen King universe. He has many books set there. The premise of this program is it's sort of a blending of those worlds. It's an original miniseries produced by Bad Robot, J.J. Abrams' company. Are you guys excited for this?
0: So if it's J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot, it'll have a very good beginning and a very disappointing ending. It
1: will be very long. It will have twists and turns. Very intriguing and ultimately disappointing. Um,
2: but it's also got that Stephen King flair so you can't uh, and he's hot as hell right now guys can yeah. we talk about how coming if off it, it has
1: his name on it it's getting green
2: lit yeah. we've got Bill Skarsgård
1: who stars as the clown in It Pennywise in this TV show
0: he's in Assassination Nation too. I just looked it up oh, so cool. Skarsgård's getting a lot of work coming off of that great Pennywise performance I thought the It film was the best horror movie I've seen in years they're oh, so yeah. bad now they're all jump scares this had that too but but it had good character, blogging, good energy. Yeah, yeah.
2: Available Absolutely on HBO now. Ooh, yep. very cool. Great, yeah, super excited.
0: So Castle Rock, you know, we we all know it's built above the uh, famous Fraggle Rock. It's a little bit darker <laughs> tone um, than that. Shut up, Mike.
1: Okay, so are you guys huge Stephen King fans? Stephen King, one of
2: my favorite authors of all time.
0: Okay, I'm not I haven't read the Stephen King, but I've seen most like a lot of the movies obviously. So I, I appreciate it, but I haven't read it. Joe?
2: Oh, I can't wait, man. Like I'm I am super excited about Castle Rock. Uh, the trailers and scenes that we've seen have intense dialogue, almost like a Twin Peaks esque oh, yeah, vibe very true. to it. I think it's going to take almost like the the modern version of a Canterbury Tales. Mm. I'm very excited for what we're going to get in Castle Rock.
0: My feel with it is it sounds like an adaptation coming from the BBC, the name Castle Rock. Yeah. But I just don't know that because I don't read the books, but... I, From what I understand, Stephen King's world is like almost a shared universe, right? Like exactly. Dark Tower in, and The Stand. Yeah. So
1: this is really playing into that as well. Supposedly, you're going to see Easter eggs littered across the entire universe. I can tell you guys this. The first episode revolves around the Shawshank Prison. Yeah. Wow. Where they find a prisoner buried away in a mysterious room that they didn't even
2: know was there. And I mean, that sounds so fucking cool. Yeah, I cannot fucking wait, man. I think it is. This is all original, right? All yeah, original. All original. Totally original. Uh, Hulu show. I think it's going to be one of the shows that really. I mean, I think it's their Stranger Things, not to jump the gun. Yeah, well,
0: it is because it's going to be referencing a lot of stuff. Remember? Yeah. You know, do you remember it? Do you remember Shawshank? But anyway, go ahead,
1: Joe. I mean,. To-
2: I mean, I just think it's going to be the the horror show on the platform that everyone's excited about.
1: It's their second take. They also did that eleven twenty seven sixty three, the JFK James assassination, Franco, right? James the James Franco. Franco. Yeah. I definitely got those numbers wrong. Don't yell at me, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm very excited to see it. Love the actors on it. Jane Levy, uh, please marry me if you're listening to this, Sissy Spacek. You can't go
2: wrong, guys. <laughs> Please adopt me if you're listening <laughs> to this. I
1: w- I'm I'm really intrigued by it. Yeah, I don't want to go
0: too in on it, but um, I like the Stephen King world. You know, um, maybe there'll be a crazy dog, give me a Cujo reference or something. You I know, think we're Christine. See how like cool? That. Maybe, maybe sure. they'll just bring in weird yeah. stuff. You I know? Really, I
2: mean, maybe it's you know me just thinking like, oh, if I was doing it, this is everything. Yeah, I'm doing. yeah. But I really think we're gonna get a lot of what you're asking for, Mike. I yeah. Like the trailers and the two or three scenes that they've put out. Just look so excited
0: you just write something castle rock is where all this weird shit happens to be magneted to so christine shows up yeah it just makes
1: so much sense in my mind so we're about a week away from that folks we'll let you know let us know if you see the premiere as well so moving on past that something i know you guys are excited for it's the star trek discovery panel (laughs) Uh,
2: are we excited i'll
1: say this it's going to be the first time there with the new showrunner as well so they got another new showrunner
0: for the Star Trek Discovery. Here's, um, did you guys watch Star Trek Discovery?
1: I read here's, so here's my, here's my Star Trek taste. Just yeah. to give listeners this, my father obsessed with just the first run. We're talking just Captain Kirk, Kirk's box bones. I have seen that. No next generation. I've seen the movies that just adapt those worlds. I've read about this universe, Star Trek Discovery, because I know it's so closely tied into the original. It well, it's happens a in between.
2: To the original, right? It's a hundred years before. Yeah, it's
0: before Kirk and Spock. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh. Um, if, if we're gonna get spoilers here, right? So Star Trek Discovery. I criticized it a lot in the beginning because the captain is like a huge fucking asshole and he wants to do war stuff. And he's I'm a like, wartime.
2: Captain. Yeah, like, why is there a wartime
0: captain in Starfleet that they always say it's a peaceful organization? Jason Isaacs, of course, from the Harry Potter universe. Yeah, incredible he, actor. Yeah, he does fine. But I'm like, this isn't Star Trek. Why does this guy want to do war? And I'm like, what the fuck? And then later it fu- turns out he comes from the Mir Mir universe and he's an jump, evil jump, asshole. Jump. And it's like, oh, like, that made me, like, forgive them for a lot of stuff. The,
2: the reveal yes, of the, the Mirror
0: Universe. And which, we haven't seen it since DS9.
2: Yeah. Which is oh, I interesting. Just, see, I, I don't just know that it carries on the, the, interesting. the DS9 episode. So let me
1: ask you guys this real quick. Do they have goatees? Uh, not in this one. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, bummer.
0: More goth, more midriff. Okay, you know, very cool. It, keep yeah, going, keep more going. More like though.
2: evil Klingons, just, like, deep language. Yeah. Um,
0: so that was a great twist.
2: They... I watched the pilot, which was two episodes, and then the second pilot, which was the third episode, where we actually met the cast that would we be got part on the of ship. the show, and, and got on the ship.
1: And you're meeting um, Anthony Rapp, great character actor, Doug Jones, who does all the creature effects for Guillermo del Toro's yeah, movies. Rainn Wilson shows um, up.
2: Yeah, wow. in episode three, we meet him on, yeah. on the second ship. They They lost me fast and hard it felt like the it felt like lost the tv show um like you had a lot of jj abrams elements a lot of like action which is like if you're a star trek fan you know it's a lot a lot of talking a lot of diplomacy yeah. um and this felt way more Action oriented. Well, and I would say technology. I read these things about spore
1: generators and, mm-hmm. you know, parallel. Blah, they're blah, they're using a giant tardigrade
0: that somehow in its brain has a map to the entire universe and they plug the tardigrade into their ship computer so they what can the teleport fuck? through black holes.
1: Oh, I did not know that. And it's
0: a big animal <laughs> rights issue because. How can we do this to an intelligent creature? Oh, well, I'm from no. the mirror
2: universe. I'm the captain. Yeah, just do it. Do it. it. Well, like I know I, yeah. I know Mike and I just keep yelling Mirror Universe. If you don't watch Star Trek that's at true. all, yes. this is something that was introduced in Original Series. In the mirror, original mirror, series. Yeah, though.
1: that's um, that's this episode that my dad was obsessed with. Yeah. Mirror, Darkly, and, yeah. and
2: they make comic books about it. Well we have to do a Star Trek episode where we oh, talk about all of this. Yeah. But That's when they brought me back into Star Trek Discovery Discovery. when they were like, oh, he's from the mirror universe. It was like, holy fucking shit. That's why this show sucks. Yeah, exactly. Because we're in the wrong universe. Yeah. Um, Yeah. it, It wasn't like it felt up until that point. It felt like they were kind of spitting on the legacy of Star Trek. It was way more war and action and violence based and less about like morality tales the reason i love star trek is because they're little morality tales wrapped inside of science fiction okay knowing and and the second they said mirror universe it was like holy shit they're they're doing this on purpose they're they're showing us this violence for a reason we're gonna get a payoff we'll see what they do with season two now that they've gotten me back
0: i think their problem was though that was really ballsy to do that to set up a new star trek universe for fans that are long-standing for the series and it is spitting in their face it's all action-based and violence and then you say gotcha it's still star trek but you lost so many people on those first couple episodes, yeah. myself included. I didn't go back till a little bit later when I learned the twist. When I knew the
2: twist. Oh, Agreed, and yeah.
1: don't you think the writers have to earn that for the second season of, okay, but it has to be real Star Trek now. How good are you guys at that? Yeah. It Because to be honest,
2: the Orville is better at uh, Star Trek. That's what I hear. Uh, yeah, I I, like I'm a fan of that, Orville. honestly.
0: Yeah. It would have been great if they had a regular first season, and then the captain starts to behave strangely and do more wartime stuff, and then you learn it's a mere universe oh, thing. It'll be it will be better yeah. for second season. Give us a regular Star Trek universe. But they're trying to get the Abrams fans that are used to the action and the Jeremy Lin style. So. But
2: honestly, every every time we talk about a Star Trek show, Mike, what do we say? Like, well, it doesn't get good until the second season. That's true. So it's almost like they were like, okay, well, fuck that. We'll just start with our second season plot. Mm. That's true. Awesome.
0: So I, I, I'm i intrigued. I'm going to give it a chance for sure. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Excited.
2: Um, Star Trek, Like whether you want it or not, you will get an episode <laughs> where we will talk all yeah. about... Uh, The comics and and the video games as well. Because they do comics just set in the mirror universe where you see these alternate versions of like, like evil Riker and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, sure. Evil so Spock.
0: Fun. Some of the, my favorite episodes ever are the mirror universe versions of Enterprise, which is with Scott Bakula. Oh, see, I haven't seen those. Evil yet. Scott Bakula oh my is God. so fun. If you're a quantum leap fan, I'm a huge quantum leap fan. <laughs> no, I like to imagine no, Mike, shut up. <laughs> all of enterprise is just one big leap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just, he jumps <laughs> he's in. Just,
1: and then, he's there forever.
2: My Ziggy's dad wanted to build the ship. Yeah. yeah.
0: He's like, I just got to get peace with the Klingons yeah. or whatever. All right. I
2: love the Deep Space Nine versions of everybody because it's like weirdly sexual. <laughs>
0: oh, even in Enterprise, everyone's just more sexual. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're
2: basically all like sexual deviants who love violence. Like, <laughs> That's oh, the oh, mirror yeah. universe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Am I Gross. in the mirror universe? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's great. Sounds like a, yeah. um
2: But yeah, Star Trek. Super excited. You'll definitely hear more about it moving forward, Normies. And hopefully it's a good season two. You know, let's get some good info on that. We'll see. I mean, it was all ballsy to begin with, too, because it's on CBS All Access. I think that's the biggest problem. Yeah, is that they're not been... getting
1: a good audience for yeah, it.
2: Well, and you're like, you're fucking Star Trek, man. You can't be on primetime. Well, no, that's the hook. They think or the at draw least...
1: of the property will bring people to the platform.
2: Nah, nah. you got to put it on
0: Netflix. Yeah. At least put it on Netflix anyway.
2: At least put season one on something.
0: Yeah, because no one can see it. No one can see it unless you bootleg it. I didn't pay for CBS. Get the fuck out of here.
1: Oh, I told you guys I read about it. I have no way of tracking down those episodes. Yeah, CBS, uh, you're I'll, too late. I'll share you some bad boy links. Those yeah. Bad boy links. Bad boy links, <laughs> and not in the script.
2: No. Yeah, you, you sorry, guys. That. and All like right. Sorry, CBS, but like also, wise the fuck up.
0: No. Yeah, you're too late. You're not going to make your own fucking platform, CBS. Yeah. Shut up.
2: <laughs> yeah, you don't own... DC or Marvel. I'm yelling at you like I'm in uh, Ghostbusters 2 right (laughs) now. All you fucking have is Star Trek and you
1: won't even let people watch it. You're idiots. Anyway, moving on. So, moving on. We're jumping on to further on Friday. Universal Pictures is bringing two films for their panel on Hall H. They're talking Glass, the M. Night Shyamalan crossover between Unbreakable and Split, and the Halloween reboot. I'm so excited for both of those movies. Really? Okay. Do you guys get a Halloween
0: reboot? with yes, Rob Zombie. Yes,
1: yeah, but that was garbage and we're getting a real
0: one. No, no, the beginning of that movie was great because it shows Michael Myers fucking with like dead animals and stuff like yeah, it's yeah, really, a he kills killer. his bully. Yeah, it makes it like really like uncomfortable. Like that for me felt like oh, Rob Zombie like he does some dumb shit. Have you
1: seen But that was good. Have you seen the sequel to that though? No, I did not watch the sequel. Oh
2: boy. The sequel to that is
1: trash. Well, let's talk about this new one. Yeah, so what are they doing with that? We've got David Gordon Green, huge indie director. I mean, he's the guy who did Snow Angels back in the day. Uh, George Washington, you know, just incredible films. The thing people might know him for, Pineapple Express. Oh, yeah. Which was
2: his first dive into feature films, and it was taking a comedy and adding, like, that weird level of violence. Oh, for sure.
1: Action elements. Like getting blown off. Super dope. It's like
0: our version of Hot Fuzz, like the American version of Hot Fuzz hot fuzz absolutely like this weird comedy action movie buddy cops even
1: though they're not cops like kind of like that so he's got a huge relationship with danny mcbride they went to college together the two of them pitched this film co-wrote it together david gordon green directing you have danny mcbride who's going to be starring in a part as well and wrote the film i gotta say the trailer did not grip me it seems to be following an english documentary crew it takes place with the continuity of Halloween 1 so we see an older Laurie Strode played by of course Jamie Lee Curtis yep. from the first one you hear a John Carpenter score okay. i don't know
2: uh, the thing that's weird about it and like the biggest hurdle to get over cuz i am i'm a huge Halloween Michael Myers fan um and even beyond that like Halloween 3 season of the witch i'm even in on that man oh boy john carpenter in my opinion changed the scope of American hell film. yeah baby um, he also was like begged to to make this movie I mean like they they brought him the script and they, they, they said like look we're not going to do this if you don't like it and he was like I really like it so he is 100% on board Knowing that he's 100% on board puts me 100% on board. Yeah,
1: it makes you feel a little Um, better about it. He is going to be doing the score as well for this film. Which is so
2: fucking cool. (laughs) Like, he wanted to be involved, and he is super involved. Um, I listened to an interview with uh, the guy from Blumhouse. What's his name? Jason Blum? Jason Blum. Yeah. Um, And listening to him talk about it, where he was like, look, like, you're the master, we we want to honor you. We want you to feel like this is is worthy of the Halloween moniker, and and he was on board, so that gets me excited. I think the biggest hurdle they have is they're ignoring all continuity outside of Halloween one, and like Halloween two takes place six hours after the first movie. Yeah,
1: unfortunately.
2: So if you're like you're just ignoring that, I mean it, it's it's definitely a weird pill to swallow. People who liked movies like. H two O, where you saw Laurie Straub come back, um, and she had thrown uh, it away. Yeah, like none of that exists anymore, which is weird. Big hurdles
1: in the remake horror market. We just saw yeah. the Rings fail. Uh, Scream four, of course, was a huge disappointment. I think that's going to be the big hurdle. It's coming out at a weird time, uh, close to Halloween, but kind of not close enough
2: for uh, people enough, going, man, to going to be right? going. It. it needs it really to come is.
0: out on Halloween. What the fuck?
2: It yeah, needs to come. You think that
3: would
2: be the most so you logical. get the whole mall. Uh, yeah. But coming out
0: uh, mid-September, I'd put it on the fucking date. That's it's, just, it's a hard sell. That's why I don't I'm, know, I'm guys. I don't know. Well, if, if if he's on board, you know, it gets you on board. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's it. We we had a time where prolific directors were doing. You had Wes Craven's and Sam Raimi, and you know. John Carpenter. Oh, and,
1: hell. And like we just mentioned, if you thought Stephen King, I mean, if you thought those work, if this works, we could see Big Trouble in China remakes. You know, we could see oh, a, he will never a do Escape that. from he's, L.A.
2: remakes. He's I'm so fucking over. over mind there. Escape yeah. from New York and Escape from L.A. for years, For a very long years, time. Give me Kurt
0: Russell, dude. He's, he's never been hotter. <laughs> he's Ego, too and There's no way he
2: could be playing Snake Plissket still, guys.
0: Oh, of course he could. He's just like the Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> escape <Yeah, laughs>
2: yeah, from Las Vegas. With, that's my pitch it's the go. third in the installment with oh. Snake Klisken now
0: and Bradley Cooper's hangover character is like his buddy like, Whoa. well
2: the, the, the twist of the plot would be it's someone has to go get him out of Vegas because he won't leave <laughs> oh <laughs> my
0: god that's great alright well I think it's going to be cool if if um, John Carpenter is on board and doing the score. I hope he can capture some of that lightning in a bottle again.
1: That's Halloween. Let's talk the other master. Let's talk M. Night Shyamalan. The master. <laughs> you got to give it to him. The Spielberg of his day. The Hitchcock of his day. That's how he used to be told. I mean, are, are you talking? Mike, I know six you're twitching over You are. That, you are yeah. rolling your eyes. Sixth Sense, one of the highest grossing films of all time. He accidentally made one good movie. That's all he did. That's uh, fair. <laughs> that's he also fair. made
2: Unbreakable, which is a good movie. That's, a, that's a he made a acceptable handful of movies. movies. So and he made really What do
1: you guys think of Glass? Here's what I'll say. Unbreakable is my favorite. Unbreakable of, is an incredible of, um, film. Night Shyamalan's films. It's a g- cool way to look at superheroes.
2: And it was also, I mean, 10 years ahead of its time. Yeah. Absolutely. Like if Unbreakable like like would have come out after the MCU existed. Mm-hmm. I mean, people would have been all over that shit. People would have been writing about him like he was a fucking mastermind. But because he was ahead of the time, it was just kind of like, oh, it was another good movie from the science guy. Yeah, but beyond that, guys, I'm talking cinematography. I think
1: that's one of the best films ever. Bruce Willis, a normally prickly, you know, hard to get performances out of. In something like Sixth Sense, where he plays more of the passive, ob- passive observer, as David Dunn in Unbreakable, he is an incredible character. He has so much regret, so much loss. He's living a lie. He travels around with his son, who threatens to shoot him in one tragic scene. I mean, yeah. that is, it's like so that. fucking strong. It's so incredible. I
0: will say, uh, Shyamalan is able to get the most out of Bruce Willis, because he's kind of notoriously hard to oh, work yeah. with, yeah. and... You know, besides Die Hard, really, it always seems like no, he's Kevin not Smith enjoying himself. Said, yeah. I mean,
2: he's he's well, if you like like moonlighting back in the day, anyone watch moonlighting? Yeah, yeah. Fucking oh love yeah, moonlighting. Oh yeah. Uh, Hudson Hawk, another one I fucking love that people hate. Um, <laughs> he's just like like <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. He's he's like my dad. You know, like he's a very yes. like Jersey, no nonsense. Like, all right, well, what am I doing here? What do you what do you want out of me? Yeah, and that that intimidates a lot of people. I
0: think. Um, but he's not in Glass. He is. Hell man. He is, So he is, this man. is the tying thing. So let me ask oh, you this, that's Mike, right, it's have you seen Split? I, I have not seen Split. That's uh, oh, James McAvoy, right? That yeah. is James
1: McAvoy as the yeah. lead character. Uh, Wendell Crumb, who, of course, is plagued by multiple personalities. We've we've just heard from M. Night Shyamalan. We're going to see in Glass some personalities we did not get to yeah, see we're in Split, them which I'm very excited about. Wow. The ending of the film, spoiler alert to you, Mike, yeah, yeah, it's fine. is a post credit scene where we see David Dunn, Bruce Willis's character, right. looking at the news, seeing that this monster got away. How is he going to track him down? He's still operating as a pseudo-superhero, we're supposed to assume. So this is the film bringing them together. It's called Glass. It's named after Mr. Glass, of course, the famous Samuel Jackson antagonist mm-hmm. in Unbreakable. What do you guys think? I think this is a hard sell. It's weird. So the premise is is that they are all undergoing therapy and locked in a mental hospital together, where someone is trying to convince
2: them that they don't have superpowers. Hmm. What is that? I think it is an impossible sell for general audiences. I could not be more excited. Really? I think. I mean. I mean, you're taking one of my favorite movies of the early two thousands, Unbreakable. When when Split came out and I saw it, I was like, oh, you know, that was pretty good. And then there was a post credit scene where they were like, no, Sneak Attack, this is a, a, a sort of sequel to Unbreakable. That blew my mind. That's, I gotta say, and you say sort of good, I thought James
1: McAvoy fucking killed that movie. Yeah.
0: I saw the trailers and, like, I've seen some scenes from it, you know, and I don't know how many personalities he's supposed to have, but... I give him a lot of credit for. Oh, he's got a lot. Oh, <laughs> he's got a lot. It's good. He he he. He's got the chops, right? He does well in the movie. I haven't seen it. Oh, he does incredibly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a really good. Performer. That's a big challenge, you know. You want to play a character who has twenty-seven other characters inside of him. That's that's a lot to ask of somebody. So give McVoy a lot of credit. It's a cool way to look at a villain origin.
1: Yes. Yes. Very interesting.
0: Right um just from what i know about the film and the tie it in i don't know i'm well, on board. And like
2: the the therapy elements of the the film make sense given what the plot is in split like in split you see his therapist kind of explain the condition and stuff like that well in that yeah. other so makes people sense. are special
1: it. yeah you sort of yeah. get a hit too but think about this joe specifically just talking to you what new line is trying to do with their shazam trilogy it seems like is a shazam a Black Adam film, his greatest rival as the follow-up, and then a crossover together, a battle it out. Is there anyone else who's doing films like this? You know, the antagonist gets their own story like Split. It's kind of a weird situation. They beat into the punch, man. Yeah, I mean
2: that was so smart, and also like it's a horror film. Like, like <laughs> Split is a horror film. Yeah, yeah. Anya Taylor
1: Joy plays the girl who gets abducted. We'll see her in this film as well. So we get some protagonists coming yeah. together. We get some antagonists coming together. I th- it's stacked. I, I think it's an impossible
2: sell for general audiences. Yeah. I get why it is such a weird movie, but as a fan, I could not be more excited. And
1: we got to say we haven't seen a trailer yet. We've only got one kind of interesting poster. I think they'll show a trailer at Comic Con. If it's or some a sort if it's
2: here,
0: you know the post credit scene ties it in. It could be a little shoehorn. Let's make a Shyamalan CU.
2: But it was announced the day after the movie was dropped that that they were making. They were doing class. this. I so. I really right. feel like he was like, "Oh, I'm going to do this. This is where I'm coming back to form.
0: We're going to dig up Bruce Willis. Yeah. We're going to get him out." And we're going to have him fight
2: James McAvoy. You can still get him. Directed DVD. That's right. Death Wish just came out.
1: Well, he says that the Beast, the character featured in Split, was originally a character he cut out of Unbreakable before developing him for his own film. No, that's great. Yeah, because
2: he was going to be almost like a Bane in Batman and Robin to Mr. Glass. Exactly. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I'm in. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said you only made one good movie, M. Night.
1: (laughs) So speaking as fans of his, those others, Lady in the Water, Signs, I like. I like but I mean, do, do you guys have any other you favorites? Like Lady in the water? No, no, no. I'm just trying to say other films that he has. I like Signs. Uh, I never caught the one where the trees kill you. The whatever, happening, happening that where right. nothing happens. That's right. That's unfortunate.
0: Except uh, when the guy feeds his arm to the lions. What? No, oh, that's crazy. He just
1: goes into the lion cage. The only thing I remember from the trailer is a guy laying down in front of a lawnmower. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being
2: like, okay. What if plans?" Zoe Deschanel, Mark Wahlberg, yeah. and, and uh, casted nobody. Yeah, that was
0: there. a weird way to end the New Girl series.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but not fans. Fans are not fans. M. Knight Is this his comeback? This is, well, it's his chance at a comeback, but we'll have to wait. We'll see. Let's see.
2: Split was his comeback uh um, i should watch it, give it and a now chance. what he's choosing to do with that is risk it all and i could not admire down. that more
0: yeah i admire the balls to double down on it yep
2: uh lady in the water was such a fucking disappointment to me well because you're such a paul giamatti fan <laughs> I, I am a big paul giamatti <laughs> especially fan in spider-man too bryce dallas howard yeah thing. um but they oh, oh that movie makes me so mad it was so good at the beginning and then it got so bad so fast um not a big fan of The Village either. No, I mean, oh, I guess I'm I really not. It. I
0: liked it until we found out what the twist was.
2: Yeah, and then the twist ruined it for me. Yeah. Um, so will
1: Glass have a twist? Of course it will.
2: I think the movie itself is a twist. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's the fact that it exists
1: premise. is a twist. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's and true. And of course, why are they doing this to these people? Why are they locked in an insane asylum? So yeah, well, the plot itself begs for I mean, for like, that's sure. like
2: like looking at it from an outsider's perspective uh, they are
1: crazy. Yes, okay, but now just thinking about it with how you just phrase it. I'm worried is this going to undo unbreakable or it are going to get something at the end where it's the where twist going to be that yeah, they are like just never crazy. had superpowers. Oh no. No. yeah. That yeah,
2: would not like Yeah, I would hate that, but I I mean I have faith in it because it wasn't like he tried to make a sequel to Signs. It wasn't like he tried to make a sequel to Other Sixth Sense, Other Big Successes. Oh, you remember The Seventh Sense. (laughs) (laughs) That was Asylum, right? He can smell ghosts. (laughs) Um, No, this is the one where he was like, you know, I think I have ideas here that need to be explored further. And I admire him for taking the goodwill he got from Split and doubling down on something that wasn't his biggest success. Definitely. But I think people like it, like Unbreakable, you know? Yeah, it was widely regarded as a good film.
0: But didn't, it was not The Sixth Sense. didn't break the box office. No, uh, it um, wasn't
2: even Signs big. I mean, Sixth Sense and Signs are his two biggest successes. Commercial successes, yeah. yeah. Well, it'll be good.
0: Um, hopefully, the Avatar kid is there, and they're telling me you can't bend air. It's just in your head. <laughs> All the superheroes from Shyamalan film. Let's do it. Mark Wahlberg, too. The
1: plants were eating people. Who knows? Who knows?
0: All right, that's Shyamalan.
1: All right, folks, let's bring up the last uh, big event on Friday. We're talking Bumblebee. This is the first time the Paramount franchise for Transformers has come to Comic-Con. Fuck this. Fuck this? I mean, obviously, the big sell here is to get people back on board to the Transformers universe. This is the first standalone, first spinoff. It might be the first in a new series of films. It might be its only film. Who knows? Who knows? All
0: right, look, Red Letter Media did a thing where they watched the first three Transformers movies at the same time, and like, there's things where it's like, 12 <laughs> minutes in, introduce a bumblebee, 16 uh, minutes, meet no, Shia LaBeouf, and up. it's like, they're all happening at the same, so they do the same beats. Obviously, this is just a solo bumblebee film, but I, it's like, I don't even, I can't tell the other movies apart from one another. They're so similar. The action scenes are so convoluted. I don't know which one has a dinosaur and which one has the fight on the pyramids. <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
2: The and the in the pyramid. I think those are the same one. I think those are, are they? both the third one. No, uh, I've, I've... actually, I think they're the fourth. I uh, don't know. Extinction. Don't
0: know. Anyway, so yeah, so yeah. Fuck the Transformers. That's
1: my. Opinion.
2: Whoa, 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 whoa! You can say fuck the Transformers movies, movies. but like, come on, Transformers are they're Transformers are dope. I you're love right, Transformers. You're right. I
1: used to collect Generation but One Transformer I hate toys. The movie. Oh yeah,
2: dog. Optimus Prime. Look, this new one.
1: It's got Bumblebee as a Volkswagen bug opposed to a dope Camaro. Which that's what, he was. <laughs> what he was. Exactly. what he's supposed to be. You got John Cena.
0: Oh, John Cena's John
1: John Cena's going to be in it, so you've got Cena. the wrestling worlds crossing over here. Oh, I mean, yep, come yep. on, guys. You've got, got Haley Steinfeld, who plays the young girl. Oh, and she's from uh, True Grit. Well. That was she's, her first She was part. discovered oh, in True Grit. With um, Jeff Bridges, right? That's yeah. right. Um, yeah,
0: she wasn't in the... Uh, the Duke's version. She no. Is. And then the John Wayne one. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. No, she was not. She's 130. They're bringing her <laughs> But she her looks out. 13.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. Why I don't know. is it not... Sorry,
0: Mike. Uh, Go ahead. Why is it not what? Like, Bumblebee's obviously the most popular.
2: Why are we not doing G.I. Joe versus Transformers? Okay. <laughs> is
1: that a thing that's
0: happened in the comics? I'm sure it has. Yes. 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 Uh, yeah. In
2: Boom Comics. But, like, why... I know Hasbro's working towards it. They Hasbro
1: faster owns these properties. We just saw them buy Bandai Saban as well. So Power, Rangers Power Rangers. Power Rangers franchise. They're thinking about working in it as well. Here's what I'm scared of. They just said that obviously with a film like Bumblebee, we're building out things where you could definitely see Power Rangers cross over down the road. I don't know, man. Just focus on making a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> making
2: just... a good movie out of robots that turn into cars yep. and cars that turn into robots? <laughs> That's right. Nah, man. Give me the fucking G.I. Joes in with the Transform. You want a spectacle. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. Come yeah, on. Okay. You're At you're you're point. you're fooling yourself if you think you don't want a spectacle. Sure. Like a the story wasn't as good movie. as Titanic. Yeah. I don't know. Optimus <laughs> Prime didn't die in the end so I didn't cry. It's like, hey, yeah, I mean everybody loves the animated movie from from what was it, like eighty six or something yeah, like that? Six eighty seven. Yeah. Um you know, that's a classic from all of our childhoods. The, the Michael Bay movies are whatever. Some of them are great. Some of them are terrible. Some of them, I don't know what genre they're supposed to be. But I, I just, wish instead of going back and doing a Bumblebee solo film, we would just like
1: kitchen sing it, man. Yeah, there needs to be some kind of direction. Well, we're or... we're fully in prequel and soft reboot city. Yeah. You know.
2: I mean, but on the G.I. Joe end, aren't they talking about doing a Snake Eyes solo movie? Oh, of course. A character who doesn't talk? But to what you just said, Hell yeah,
0: dude. Show, (laughs) don't tell. Let's fucking try to push (laughs) ourselves here.
2: But to what you just said, Mike, we're in
1: prequel reboot territory. Literally, out of all the films we've talked about here today, many of them have been... Only Assassination Nation is 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 a new IP. Exactly. Literally. It's not a new IP. It's an adaptation. You're right. How do you come out as someone on the Bumblebee panel to be like... Come on, get excited for the seventh entry! A new look at. you guys love how it. he talks yeah, exactly. through the radio? Isn't that fun? we're going to do
0: more of that? And uh, he's a dumber car now, but it's a nostalgic car, <laughs> which is his original car. But it's like, all right, yeah,
2: for a nostalgic franchise. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like at this point, though, it's got to be like sad dads and people who should be dads if they wanted to be dads. <laughs> like, like but, going to the theater to be like, look, don't you love Transformers and no, the no, global dad. market? the yeah, global market that's,
0: that's really what it is and the air More conditioning's turned on it's humid out hey, in the world that's all you need. yeah that's it so I don't know fuck Bumblebee
1: you've got people out there who need you this is why you're here B
0: I'll I it. I'm so tired of Transformers, man.
1: Well, let me let me <laughs> pose this out to Ranger. you. Unless he punches the Power Ranger. Sure. Let me pose this out to you. On the same weekend, we're getting Mary Poppins returns. Oh, oh my God, God. Fuck that even more. Bumblebee, Aquaman, uh, <laughs> that super fast. <laughs> Which do I pick? <laughs> that super fast Peter Jackson car movie that's about London on wheels or <laughs> oh, <laughs> whatever it is. My God. Engine. I think Magic. it's called London on wheels. I don't know. <laughs> terrible name like, i couldn't give a shit about how any of that. how are, how is it going to do how is bumblebee gonna, gonna stand up all those movies this. are gonna no. Do it's terrible. gonna do
0: great globally it's gonna do you great overseas so? bumblebee's gonna make gangbusters in over Asia.
2: aquaman Hell i think yeah. there's gonna
1: be too much cannibalization there i see what joe's yeah. saying uh, every, every one of those movies, movies is gonna underperform oh they're what? gonna bunch eat of each other dummies. they're gonna all except mary poppins no one oh
2: are you mary poppins is gonna kill a dog yeah
1: for
0: the kids maybe I
1: don't know
2: it, it, it doesn't, doesn't have, for kids, have the,
1: for the same moms appeal who take the that the Beauty and the Beast live action remake had but it <sighs> will capture the but Yeah, that same that weekend. going to what, what am I taking stuff?
2: my kid to yeah, exactly. I'm taking him to the Disney movie yeah
1: weekend. you're only gonna pick one but that is well what are we taking grandma to for Christmas I yeah. mean come on oh my,
2: oh my god, god those three movies come out on the same day on the
1: same day so what a bunch
2: of fucking idiots let's
1: just go ahead and jump to our next one now We are obviously, again, going to know all the results afterwards. Normies, we're excited for you to hear it. Let us know. We'll be doing a follow-up talks eventually at some point. Uh, We're very excited to see the results of this San Diego Comic-Con 2018. Thanks for sticking around. We're going to finish up Normicon right after this break. And bye after this break. Colin Means, after next week, as I said earlier,
0: this episode has been split in two. So if you're hungry from our Comic-Con, be sure to check back next week for part two of this epic saga. And also the special wrap-up segment where we rediscuss the original ten topics we've covered on the show so far. And see if our opinions stayed the same or have changed. So we look forward to having you back. Thanks for listening. And this has been Mike. Thank you very much, Normies.
2: I'm a glomping. <laughs> Please don't
3: glomp me. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I did not know what glomping was. Today. No idea.